Warning, the following podcast show that you're about to listen to will include explicit language and content in which you, the members of the audience, may find offensive. Audience discretion is advised. Welcome to another episode of the Kim Wang Podcast Experience. Yeah, boy. Where anything and everything is a subject matter on the show and no subject matter is ever taboo. Damn, that's what's up, my G. And now, your host with the most, Mr. Kim Wang. Bro, am I getting paid for this? Yo, what is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Aloha. How y'all doing? It's your boy, Kim Huang, the Asian sensation himself, rocking out another episode of the Kim Huang podcast experience. And if I didn't say it before on any previous uh, episodes, I want to wish everybody a happy new year. You know, it 2022 that that it kicked rocks. We're now in 2023 when we're going forward. And this is good. You know, this is, you know, kind of like a car. You know, if you guys drive manual, you got to go start from the first gear. And then, you know, you got to go ahead and hit the shift gear and then go to second. And you just keep going and going. And that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. It's great. Um, first and foremost, I want to say, please forgive me for the fact that my voice actually uh, sounds like crap. Um, yesterday, I actually went over to the hometown uh, in Indianapolis, Maryland, for those that know. And I actually went to see my friend's band, Doc Martin and the Flannels. And uh, Keith and Billy told me, like, dude, you got to come over here on a Friday night. I'm like, bet, I'm down. And it was good time. So shout outs to Doc Martin and the Flannels for doing an amazing job, as always, uh, when you guys do your shows. It is awesome. Uh, also want to thank uh, The Vibe, which is a new venue over in Annapolis, Maryland. For those that are Naptown people, it's formerly known as Union Jacks. So, But as I digress, I am just actually skipping away uh, from what I'm supposed to be doing. Reporting live from the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area in the Asian Sensation Studios in a special room that I like to call Area 51. Now, if you don't know Area 51... That's for us to know and for you to never find out. And to my boy, Hector, um, yes, you are going to get paid. And I do kind of owe you um, uh, a Cheesecake Factory mandate. So that's going to happen. You know, you did win the bet. You know, um, I, I thought for certain that uh, the Brooklyn Nets would have won. I did not think that uh, the Boston Celtics uh, won that game. So. You know, what happens when you're out without the, the great uh, Kevin Durant? So that's, you know, it is what it is. Anyways, uh, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages. The reason why we are here today is that we have another show that's cooking and I am your uh, chef de cuisine. And uh, tonight on the menu is a very good one. And I'm really excited. I'm very happy about this. Um, this individual, this person, this woman uh, is somebody that I've known uh, throughout, you know, for a long time through social media. Uh, this is the first time that we're actually interacting. And I kind of feel like, wow, I feel like, uh, you know, uh, if if I'm entertainment tonight, then she's like the big celebrity. You feel me? So it's definitely the way that it is. Um, she is, is she is a Texan native. By the ways of San Antonio, so uh, go Spurs, you know, and go Shawn Michaels, the heartbreak kid, ever forever in my heart. HBK, love you, dude. 
Um, she is a martial artist repping over on Team Revolution. She is a dual threat, meaning that she's got not one, but two black belts, ladies and gentlemen, in different styles. And we will get on with that. And I'm really excited about it. Uh, if you actually pay attention to her, uh, you know, uh, Instagram, she actually has done a lot of things. Obviously, a martial artist, as you guys know, she actually does a mean cosplay. I've seen the cosplay and dude, it's on point. Um, I remember back in the day, she actually did uh, makeup, you know, so uh, that was uh, quite interesting. And also now she's in the acting world as she actually did um, fight choreography uh, for a movie, a short movie. Uh, if I remember correctly, it's called uh, Sherlock Holmes, Mayor of the Night. Uh, and here we are in the flesh, ladies and gentlemen, for the one time, for the one time, uh, Clarissa DeHoyos is in the building. Clarissa Sensei, how are you, ma'am? It's, it's great to have you on the show. It's I'm super excited. Like, this is one, I have to say bravo for saying my last name correct. Like, it was <laughs> correct and it was smooth. Like, you said it with finesse. Like, good job. A lot, a lot of people... They butcher my my maiden name and my actual last name now. So, Bravo, I have to commend you on that. Good Thank job. you. Well, I do. Uh, yes, you know, your maiden name. I do remember when you were just Clarissa of Villanueva. And, uh, you know, when I saw, like, you know, the name change, I was like, wait, what happened? Like, I'm, I'm so out of the loop. It's like, you know, <laughs> I, I, I literally went from, like, you know, uh, a record player and all of a sudden, like, the, the you know, the, the iTunes is already here. Like, what? What? What changed? Yeah. But I'm like, I'm not mad at it. You know, that that is life and that is such um, big shout outs to my uh, Espanol teacher from high school, uh, Senorita Amatucci, even though that you're not a Latina because you're really Italian. But, you know, <laughs> I still got love for you. I really do. And if I ever see you again, we will have this conversation about what is Italian food. I'm just saying, you know, because uh, um you know, your your taste and my taste are two different things. Um, Olive Garden is not really Italian, dude. So, like, you know, get with the program, please. Like, yeah. for the love of God, you know, get with the program. Anyways, uh, Clarissa, how how in the world are you doing? Like, I swear, like, guys, every time that I see you, you're, you're doing great things. I mean, what's up with you? How, how How's life? Uh, life is great. I can't complain. Life is, is great. Um, and what's up, honestly, is what is not up. I have, I feel like there's so many things that are always going on. Um, so many little ventures that are always like, oh, this weekend we're here. And then all oh, this weekend I'm, I'm filming over here or I have a meeting here or like, it's always something, something different. Like you, you, you hit a lot of the things that I'm still very, um, uh, active in, I'm still in the acting community. Uh, I did fight choreography. Uh, Sherlock is actually the upcoming film, the film that is already shot and done, and it was a full feature film. It's called Eyes of a Roman. That was, yeah, the one that yeah, yeah. We'll talk about that in a second for sure. Yeah, I'm glad that you mentioned that for sure. Yeah, because I actually looked at the IMDb earlier and I saw that and I saw your name was associated with that, but I wasn't quite sure. I was like, wait, is wait, is that the Clarissa that I think that I, that I know? We'll, we'll 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 put a big question mark box like Super Mario Brothers above that, and we will. Uh, but you already acknowledged it. That's good. Yes. 
So, yeah. Awesome. Well, you know, let's get down to business. But first and foremost, before we begin, um, I'm actually testing out uh, the microphone because it's been a while since I've actually used it. Uh, can you hear me loud and clear? Absolutely. Man, got a hey, shout out to Shure Microphones. Y'all have been doing it for many, many years. The official microphone of many a podcasters and uh, musicians on the big music scene. So, yes, uh, shout outs to you guys. God bless you guys for making great stuff. You know, love y'all. That being said, you're a Texan. Uh, wow. I, I love Texas. Been to Texas. Uh, what were you like back in the day, you know, as a young uh, Clarissa growing up over in Texas? I mean, like, what was she like, like way back when? Was she like a a spitfire? Was she like an athlete? Was she just like a kid that liked comics? I mean, what's what's the big deal? Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, honestly, just growing up. So martial, uh, martial arts is, is life. That's all I've ever known. I started martial arts when I was six. So that's been a huge part of my life growing up from as far back as I remember, honestly. Right. So I grew up, uh, I want to say the 80s because I was born in 89. So yes. I say I'm like the cool kid. <laughs> yes. Um, but the cartoons, the old school, like Ninja Turtles, some of the 90s stuff, like the Power Rangers, like a lot of that stuff influenced my love for like, I want to learn that. Right. That's so, so a lot of that stuff I contribute to like my love for the martial arts and wanting to start it and like I said since six years old my brother was three we've been in martial arts since then like forever so if you want to say athlete that's yeah full-time athlete but that's all I ever did my high school was purely academics uh, middle school everything purely academics we didn't have any other sports I did nothing else no basketball no volleyball nothing martial arts is honestly all I did that was it you know, here's the stereotype about Texas is that, uh, you know, everything is grand in Texas and especially like with any sports pro program in general, um, there is an athlete like around the corner, every, every, you know, spectrum of the, of the earth in Texas. And I'm surprised that, you know, outside of martial arts, you weren't like the basketball girl or you weren't the softball girl or the track and field girl. You were, you were the martial arts girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, full-time martial arts, because like I said, all the schools that we went to were all private, and they didn't offer any other sports. They offered nothing outside of just purely academics, UI, like UIL, they offered that, but it was just academics. Like, that was it. There was no sports whatsoever. Mm. It wasn't until a couple of years later after we graduated where they started, I, I believe it was a football team. They started a football team, but that was like, woo! A couple years later when we graduated like wow that a little bit late to the game huh guys <laughs> was like mm, okay well this is nice this is fun I, I will say our high school did have a, a cheerleading team but it was like for who for right why, right. why is it who are we cheering on like i don't understand and even then i was like that's not my that's not my thing and even like going back in high school is when we opened up our school in right. 2004 we opened up the school so at that point i was like it's school martial arts and running the business. That's all we're doing right now. I don't have time for anything else. So okay. any of anything else that didn't in, like uh, coincide with those things, I wasn't going to, I barely made any friends like parties or any events at the actual school. The only thing I did go to, I went to prom. That was it. Okay. Anything else? No. Okay. The focus. So what made, what was like the final decision, like, you know, uh, being six years old, you said you started, uh, uh, martial arts, uh, when you were six years old. And I think, you know, at the time, um, that was Taekwondo. 
And, um, you know, what, what, at what point did you, uh, was it like, you know, the actual, like, Hey, okay, let's do it. You know, I'm excited. Let's just go for it. Like what, what was the actual final dot in the sentence for you? Um, so, I mean, honestly, the, some of the first couple, like being a white belt, like I don't remember a lot of the, my white belt stage. It wasn't until, and I distinctly remember being a yellow belt, but it was my first tournament. I remember my first tournament and I think that was what did it. Why that memory is so clear in my head. And is, I think that was why, like, I love this. This is awesome. I want to do this. How mm-hmm. do I get to that level? How do I start doing what they're doing? What do right. I need to do? Right. Um. So I think going to my first tournament and I was a little yellow belt. And I remember that, like, what do I need to do? So I right. think that was what helped, what pushed me to continue and continue the training um, and wanting to learn. Right. And the school, well, at least if uh, if I remember correctly, the school that you were associated uh, now with was, um, let's see if I got Team Tiger Martial Arts, right? Yeah, that's my, that's my school that we opened in 2004. Okay. Okay. And that's the, that's the school that you primarily actually trained in that whole time when you were doing Taekwondo or did you start like at another place before that? Yeah, I started another place here out here in the valley. Um, I started. Um, the instructor's name was Tony Torres. I actually don't remember the name of the school. Okay, uh, Tony Torres. I I don't, I don't remember, but he was the the primary uh, instructor. The whole fam, his whole family were martial artists, so they were the ones running the business. Um, so I was training under him. Um, until we hit brown belt, mm-hmm. and then uh, we had a falling out. And then we ended up transferring over to uh, Don Cabela and Wayne Wind School in Houston. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We got our black belts under under them, and then into that that same year when we got our black belts, two thousand four, we opened up Team Tiger here in the Valley. Oh, nice, mm-hmm. nice. What what did what made you decide at that point to uh, to open your um, own martial arts school at that time? I don't know, but we were crazy. <laughs> we were crazy. We were, I think back and I'm like, how, why? We were in high school. My brother was like 12. I was 14. Uh, my dad was running, like he opened it and was helping us run it. But it was just like, what were we thinking? Um, and at that point in time, we just had a lot of people like wanting to learn from us. They saw us kind of growing. They say, they, uh, the valley here is very, not anymore, not anymore. But at that time, they were very like closed minded, not thinking outside of the box. So they weren't really traveling to some of the bigger tournaments. Mm-hmm. So when we would come back, they would see what we were doing. And it's kind of like, well, we want to learn from you. Well, at that point, we were like, well, why don't we just open up a school? Like we should just be able to teach all of this to whoever wants to learn because we have a lot to offer because of the multiple things. Our, our background is diverse in as far as in the martial arts. So I was like, but, yeah, why not? Yeah. Uh, but honestly, I think back and I'm like, how did how did we do it? Like, I don't, I don't know how we did it. <laughs> like being so young, still in school, but we did it. It's still open running. We're still doing it. I usually say if it, if, if it was written and you know, then it was meant to be so, so it was probably, you know, something in the stars, you know, that, that just said, you know what, this is the way that we're going to align, you know, Clarissa and her family. And this is what's going to happen. And you know, um, kudos to you guys for, you know, for doing that, you know, at, at that moment in your life, like the, when many people are like on your age, you know, and they actually decided to, you know, open a business per se, not just, you know, it doesn't have to be martial arts business, but just a business in general. 
a lot of other kids out there, you know, at that age are just like, they're thinking, well, you know, you know, Hey, I'm just going to go to the mall or, you know, Hey, what happened last week on 90210? You know, did Donna actually graduate? You know, yeah. they, they're not thinking about, you know, I'm going to open my business and I'm going to do something that's going to change my life and make me grow up even faster. And you definitely, um, I think if I can, if I can say it, you're probably like a trailblazer in that, you know, in that arena. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. Again, but going back to at that point in time, like what was going on, what was popular, like what we have here in the Valley, like I said, it's not very sports heavy. It's not very big. Um, And at that point in time, like to, to want to, like you said, open up a business, run a business as you know, a lot goes into that. wanting to pursue this career and focus on it. And like, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to run it. We're going to go full throttle and we're going to do it. And then plus on top of that competing still as well, like I said, going to school and then eventually opening and running our own national tournament too. Like this was huge. Like we did a lot. I feel, that's why I feel like I'm so old because I did so much (laughs) in like a short amount of time. (laughs) Like so much. I I, I don't say that, you know, that, and to be fair, because I'm up there in age too, I don't like to say that we're old. You know, I'd, I'd like to say that we're seasoned. You know, we, we, we got, we got a lot of time. We got a lot of flavor. We got a lot of experience. So yeah, you know, we're seasoned, you know, we're not old. Very, so, very. <laughs> to me, old is old is when, you know, you stop breathing and we have to bury you six feet under and we're, we're not in that part of life right now. We're still, we're still in the process of living and, and having a good time in life. So, you know, yeah, there it is. We're still kicking. We're still kicking. Absolutely. You know, at our age, you know, if you can throw a kick, you know, you're doing something, you know, so hey, that's there good. You go. <laughs> so, what, so what, what style of Taekwondo did you practice? So this, it was ITF, ITF, Taekwondo, ITF. Taekwondo Federation. That was a main style. That was what we were, uh, got our black belts in. Okay. Uh, and uh, learning. Um, and then uh, it kind of just grew from there. Cause obviously when I feel like, it's a never ending process with, with the martial arts. Once you get one black belt, okay, cool. Let, what else can I learn? What else can I grow in? And of course still, I'm still, uh, um, grading or moving up in my Taekwondo belt. I'm looking to get my fifth degree. Yeah. Yeah. Fifth degree. I'm like, I can't even, yeah. No, I, I saw, I saw, I saw the belt, the recent belt there. There's four stripes, you know, so technically we should be calling you, uh, Sabanim de Hoyas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so fancy. Sabanim. Like, <laughs> hey, when you take a Korean martial art, you know, you know the Korean terms. So. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, what was it like, you know, going through the ranks, uh, you know, of, of like Taekwondo training? Was it like, you know, as easy as you expected it to be? Or was there definitely like a challenge and you were definitely running the gauntlet, so to speak? Um, uh, I think there was one point, uh, and this is like when we were lower ranks under belts, not black belts yet. Uh, I think it was blue belt. Okay. Was it blue belt? Oh, don't quote me, but where we were kind of hitting like a, at that point, high, like a height, not a hiatus, but we were plateauing kind of like, we were unsure if this was something that we were going to continue to do. Mm-hmm. We were, we were tired. We were spent with tournaments. Um, cause I think at that point, some tournaments were like, God, every weekend, if I could go back and get the books and show you visually, my dad was, was on it about all of this. He wrote everything down. He mapped everything out the weekends, the points, 
And you looked at the pages. I don't want to say every weekend we had a tournament. So I think at that point we were just like, we're burnt out. We're tired. We're, we're in school. We're going to classes still. And then uh, we're going to all these tournaments, like we're tired. So I think at that point we hit a little fork in the road, kind of like, are we going to continue? Are we going to stop? What are we going to do? Yeah. And I'm so glad that we continued. Uh, Cause if we had stopped, I don't know. I don't know where we would be right now. I don't know where I would be. Right. Um, so we continued. Um, thank God. Thankfully we continued. And then of course, black belt, uh, the black belt test is the hardest test. Uh, it's a good segue for what we're about to ask here is that, um, what was it like when you finally tested for the big one? Was it like, did you like in your mind somehow thought like, Oh my God, this is like, why, why am I doing this? Oh man, I'm feeling it. Cause I'll, t I'll, I'll confess when I, when I tested for the big one, I, I, you know, I knew what I was doing, but in my mind, I was like, what are you doing? And I felt like, uh, my, my, like, I felt like I was shutting down internally because I've seen the black belt tests, like, you know, gr growing up in the ranks and I knew it was going to be one of those things. It's like, okay, this is kind of like, you know, my own personal Super Bowl. Now, now it's time to let's get that. Let's get that Super Bowl trophy, you know, and at one point, you know, I almost felt like, man, do I throw in the towel? What the hell's going on? I mean, luckily, my, my training partner uh, who also tested with me uh, literally whispered in my ear after every aspect. He was like, do not quit on me. I swear to God, I will beat you up if you like quit on me. Do not quit on me. I will not quit on you. You better not quit on me. I'm like, all right, cool. I got you. So did you have the, that, that moment? Uh, geez. I, I do remember being exhausted, like just exhausted. Cause that's again, one of the main points of the black belt test is just to exhaust you mentally, physically, emotionally, just to test you in like all ways around. Mm -hmm. Um, and then of course I was testing with my brother. Um, so being like, watching him go through it too. I'm going through it. This is kind of like, I, I need to finish for him. I need to finish for myself. I right. need to finish for my family because of everything that I've gone through and what they've done for me. Like I need to finish this, um, sparring that spark. Cause we, we end with the sparring. Right, that right, right. was like, bro, <laughs> <It all. laughs> like, bro, it all. I, I, from all the forms and the basics and the push-ups and setups, the board breaking got me. I think I, I did an elbow or something and I ended up cutting myself. That was kind of like, Ooh. oh, like this is hurts. So I'm like, like, why, why am I doing this? Right. Um, but then again, looking at my brother and he's doing it too. Like if he can do it, I can do it. And we need to do it for each other and for my family. Cause all my family was there too. And then right. the sparring, like, I, I just said, like, you got to keep going. Like you got to stay on your feet and keep going. And we finished it bloody and bruised and just this mess, but we mm. finished it. It was now, insane. Now being a fourth degree black belt, I mean, obviously that meant that you have tested, um, you know, at four different occasions. Mm -hmm. So I think I probably know the answer to this, but then I'm just going to ask it, oh. which, which uh, part of the black belt when you tested, was like the most challenging and difficult one for you. Okay. So which black belt test was the most challenging? Mm -hmm. Oh, it was going to be the first degree. It, it's all, it's always going to, for, well, for me, I think it's, it's always going to be the first degree because that's the, the goal 
for underbelts. Like that's the initial like white to black. Like that is your goal is to hit that black belt. Once yep. you've hit that, then everything else, I'm not saying it's easy, but it's just continuing your education in the process and kind of learning some other uh, areas of the actual style. But that black belt is always going to be the hardest one because that's what everyone is working towards is the initial black belt. Right. Um. So that's always going to be, like I said, the test emotionally, physically, mentally. Like, Are you going to be able to continue to do this afterwards because of the ways that we're testing you in the black belt within the black belt test so yes black belt test of is the, was the hardest one and it was at sparring that, oh, that's wow. sparring. it was hard also not just like yes it was tough for me because we were fighting other black belts who were fresh mm -hmm. <laughs> they were like fresh mm -hmm. and all this energy but also watching because my uh my brother at that time was i, I haven't grown since i was like 12 okay <laughs> I haven't grown any. My brother though was very like he was little. He was only I don't even remember his age when he transferred by, but he was little. So those same black belts, these men who were fighting me were fighting him. So watching Ooh. that also in itself was was tough for me. But again, in, in hindsight, the reward was him still going through it and standing up and finishing. Like that was huge also in itself as well. And a reward to watch. Because we tested together, we did all this together, and to get our black belts together as well was just a huge accomplishment for both of us to uh, to to see him go through that was hard, but again to see that he finished it was a huge reward in itself as well. Nice, nice. Mm -hmm. So now we're going to go uh, and segue from Taekwondo to now uh, Gojuru Karate. Like you know now now you you know the uh, the other part of the dual threat. Like what made you decide you know what i'm going to since i'm i'm you know accomplished and well good here in taekwondo now mm -hmm. i need a uh, more of a bigger challenge and you chose gojiru karate mm -hmm. um how how did you make that decision to wanting to train in that and mm -hmm. and why oof um I want to say again, being in the open circuit tournament, the other tournaments that were open circuit, you had other like that was one of the uh, divisions was the Japanese division. Correct. Yeah. I think being and I was only doing the Korean division. I was like, well, this is all I know. And I did this one, but watching the other the division, I was like, well, I it's just a whole other animal when you look at it when you watch it. It's it's still beautiful and powerful at the same time. The movements are different. Obviously, they're not kicking as high, but it still looks amazing. Like I'm interested and I want to learn that. Right. Uh, so I became uh, very interested in, in the Japanese division and uh, doing some research. And uh, uh, and we had a couple of instructors who kind of helped me along the way. Um, Keith Weston was one of them who kind of helped started training me and then on and off and now i'm kind of back on with him um working with him again but uh it wasn't until i met uh sensei ramon veras out of sugarland where i started like okay i got it we're good i have an instructor he can help me i like the way he teaches um it's very thorough it's very about lineage and the backing and the background and where it's where it comes from i mean we went to okinawa to train with his instructors and where it all started. I mean, talk about emotion. Um, <laughs> it was, it was just, it's powerful to kind of see this art that you've been l learning about and studying to see the, 
the beginnings of it and to see the other black belts who started it also in, in itself as well and taught my sensei. So I think that's huge. Not a lot of people, um, I don't want to say respect that, but get that opportunity. They don't right. get that opportunity to go back and where it all started and to talk to sensei, your sensei, sensei, and see where it all started. Like, it was huge and impactful for me. So I really have a huge respect for it. And I, I absolutely love it. Um, it's, I don't want to say it's my main focus, but it's something that I'm pursuing, uh, more right now, as opposed to Taekwondo because of my goals and what I want to achieve with it right? and what's possible with it right now. Right. Uh, so that's kind of how it all started and why I've continued to do it. And, um, again, the sensei, uh, always, I feel is, um, makes a difference. The sensei who you decide to go with makes a difference. And sensei Ramon Vettis has been, has been phenomenal throughout this whole time. Even though he's in Sugar Land and I'm in San Antonio, which is a good three hours away, we still make it happen. <laughs> oh wow! Now, yeah. how, how how does that work? So I actually learned about him through another family friend and through the martial arts who lives in Houston. They were studying with him. They we met up at another tournament. I saw that their son was starting was doing the division, and they're like, "Oh, well, you should come up and and train." He's I'm sure he would welcome you. Um, you're a good friend, like come up and train with us. And I was like, okay. So I, I went up and I met Sensei Veras and I asked and like, we started a, a training plan, like as far as like how I could go and work with him, um, and still belt, um, under him, even though I wasn't like there all the time. So I was driving right. up to Sugarland at least two times a month. Um, wow. For, yeah. For God, I want to say I started in. Oh, 2017, 2018, somewhere in there I started and I was driving up twice a month to go train with him to learn. And, uh, yeah, like for that whole time. And that, that was like three and a half hours, three, yeah, three hour drive. So I would, I would, okay. So I would drive three hours. I would train with him sometimes two to three hours and then drive back. Holy cow. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. That was that was fun. <laughs> that was usually my Saturday or Sunday. Oh wow! Oh wow! Like. Mm-hmm. But but what was it like going through you know learning for the first time of you know Gojuru uh, karate and just like you know going through the motions of that because I mean it kind of feels like you know when you you know it's like you're starting over again you know knowing something that you know you you have no idea what it's about you're com- complete blank slate. You know, you were like already painted in Taekwondo and you were good in that canvas. Mm-hmm. Now we have a new canvas and mm-hmm. it's blank. So mm-hmm. how did you start to fill in the picture? It At first, it was very hard. It was very hard and it was frustrating. Mm. It's, again, it, like you said, it's something very new. Goju, uh, the Japanese style is very different from Taekwondo. The stances, the movements, the the I don't want to say the ideology, but just how it works was very, very different from Taekwondo. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that that did help me were the kicks, but it was the strength that I had built with my kicks. So even though some of the side kicks are based like toward the knee, um, but it was since I, I my chambers and the strength and the power that I had was still like, oh, you, I can transfer that. Perfect. I'm just kicking lower. Cool. Right, right. But the stances and the movement was so different. Yeah, at first it was very frustrating. I was—I remember being frustrated for the first couple of uh, lessons and just like, 
man, am I going to, am I going to be able to get this? Am I going to do this? But I would just have to continuously remind myself, like, look, it's not like you got Taekwondo right off the bat. You were a white belt. That's just how it goes. This is something new to us in itself as well. And you have to give yourself time. Like, I, and I'd say like, how would you talk to your students if, the, if someone was going through this? Oh, this is what I would tell them. All right. Just tell yourself the exact same thing. Right. Because you're, you're a brand new student in this whole new style. It's something new. So you have to give yourself patience and time and practice. And like I said, luckily, since it was really good with it um, and really good with teaching me and, and correcting and working with me also as well. So it it helped, like I said, to have a good sensei. Um, but yeah, at the beginning, I, I was frustrated. <laughs> this is hard. Now settle, now, settle this for me, because like, you know, obviously I'm looking at it from a different perspective. And obviously it's one of those moments where, OK, I don't know. So I have to ask. Because I always thought um, with like, let's say with Taekwondo and mm. comparing it with Gojiru, that the mm. stances are pretty much the same because they're both like in rooted with like deep stances. Like, you know, when you hit like, you know, that horse stance, that Kima Jase or, you know, with, or your mm. fighting stance with the, the Hugu Jase, you know, it's like mm. basically the same, you know, I mean, mm. is one more like deeper physically than the other or am i just like really um is there something that i'm not seeing uh, so like your base like and you hit a lot of the good points as far as like the base stances like your if you want to say the in english it's like the the writing stance very very similar in what you have in goju the feet though are, are, are a little bit different the stance your hips that some of that like i had to learn how to like posture and then tuck my hips in um uh, and then have the like it's I don't say it's very different, but you're just more aware of what your body is doing. So that way you have your, your lines much more, I don't want to say, I guess, defined, um, uh, front stances. It's not always so deep. There are some like the half, like a half front stance. You're not all the way full, like 90, you're not, your knee isn't making a full 90 degree angle. So there's some that are a little bit like half there's uh, like a type of cat, a cat stance, if you want to say, but yep. you're bent in a way, but your hips have to be forward and your foot's here. And it's like, ah, uh, and then Sanchen that's, which is um, where your feet kind of like you're standing straight, but your feet are like at an angle inward. So it's like your knees are tucked in. Right. So it's okay. like that. I was like, this is how do I, <laughs> what do I do here? I don't understand how this is working. <laughs> like, I don't understand. But again, it's because I did not understand. I did not know. But once, and again, Sensei is very good about like understanding like, this is why you do it. This is how you need to start doing it. But again, the why, once I understood like the why, I was like, okay, this is starting to make sense. Mm -hmm. um, so some of the stances, yes, are, are deep and low, but not all of them. And even then your posture, your hip, your, your tucked, your hips are tucked in. So I was like, how do I, how do I tuck my hips in? <laughs> how right. do I do that? Right. Um, so still deep, but still different in the way that you hold the stance in itself as well. Okay. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about the tournament life. Um, obviously you, you, you did local, but I do remember um, you competed in MBL, which is the national black belt league. Mm -hmm. um, and I think you had mentioned before, um, you know, we talked about this before uh, this moment uh, that you had done some NASCA stuff. Mm -hmm. So how did you transition? Like, you know, first go from like, you know, how did, when did you start MBL? And, and when did you get into um, NASCA? 
Oh Lord. Okay. Okay. Good. I had to ask those questions. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. I know. It's, it's. It's. I love it. So, like I said, we started early on with a lot of the local stuff because, like I said, I was a yellow belt when I saw the tournament. So, as it was very early on when I wanted to, like, I want to go to tournaments. Right. So it was a lot of local stuff that we were doing. I honestly, I don't even remember. I think maybe a okay. Maybe that was the league. I honestly, I don't remember if that was a local one. If it was some of the local tournaments, mm-hmm. but. I remember doing AOK. I say it was UMA. I honestly don't miss some of the leagues that were just local here in Texas, but weren't NBL or skill. Okay. Um, the biggest one was AOK. So we eventually transitioned into that. And I think it was because my instructor at the time, Tony Torres, was either running his own tournament or was had the info on the AOK tournament. So we started into that circuit. Right. Um, started getting bigger. And, and I think we saw either we met someone or saw someone who was from the skill because it was we weren't um black belts just yet. So we went into the skill um circuit. And I think our first super grands was in 2002. Now, isn't the Super Grand like, uh, is the Super Grand the one that's over in California? So, Super Grand would travel. That's a part of the, so NBL, like NBL's World Championship. Skill mm-hmm. NBL was the Super Grands. Okay. So, you, you rack up all your points, you get all your stuff for, from NBL, and then you go to the world, the league, the world, not league, I'm sorry, the world championships. And then that's, that's, they called it the Super Grands. So that would travel a lot. They had it in the, our first one was in Florida. I okay. have the hoodie. I was like, I have the hoodie from 2002. It's like that thing should be framed at this point. I really think it should be. I mean, I should be seeing it right there at the wall right there behind I you. No, no, for real. It should be framed. Um, but it's still in really good condition. Thank you. Um, 2002 <laughs> skill. So we were still red belts and uh, did really well, actually did really well. Um, and then it wasn't until the next year. Or the year before, because 2004 is when we got our black belt. So I think 2004 black belts, that's when we hit the NBL circuit. Mm. Um, and we started, and that was what we were doing for continuously for a while. We were doing NBL for the longest time. Uh, I don't even know how many rings that we got. We took some students. They have their, because they at the, at the World Championships, they, ha- they hang the posters up mm-hmm. of everybody. So we have some of our posters up at the school. Right. Some of our students got posters also. So that's like, that's cool to see, like, not just us, but we were able to produce NBL champions as well. They had their own posters and we have them at the school as well. Um, So, yeah, we were doing NBL for a long time. And then, like I said, we were, we had our own uh, tournament. We had our own tournament running for, uh, I think maybe five years. Okay. I think maybe five years. Yeah, we were running, we were running hard with NBL. We, We had our own tournament. Nice. Um, yeah, and we were doing a couple of TKO in there also in itself as well. But NBL was the main point. And then NASCA, I think what how we started with NASCA, I think we went to I think we went to the US Open. I think that was our first one. Okay, the one in Orlando. Yes. Okay. In Orlando. I think that was our first one. I think. Don't quote me on that. I, I think. I'm pretty sure it was. Uh, but we were blown away. We were blown away by the competition, how big it was. Uh, it was insane. The amount of people and the competition and who was there is just amazing. It was a whole other world to us. Like we thought NBL, NBL big, NBL's big leagues. Like right. no, 
NASCAR is another like what is yeah because yeah, like and nbl is like the ncaa and then when you get to nasca that's the nfl yes yeah do you remember i, like, I thought it was good <laughs> do you remember at the time when you actually went to that u.s open like can you name some of the big names and the big wigs that competed during that time when you saw that event i mean i remember distinctly like mike chat being like the the main man there i think he was uh all the he was kind of the the night show, the host for like the night show. Okay. Um, you had Craig Henningsen, you had Gemma Nguyen, you had um God, I can't remember so many people. Um I think Casey Marks also, or now she's Casey Nash. Casey Nash, yeah. I, I saw Keith Weston there, uh also in itself as well. So it's just it was just mind blowing to kind of see like everybody like like again, like I said, I thought I was good. Like, no, this is <laughs> nothing. Um, so in going to that and seeing that, it's like, okay, there's a new level. There's a new level we gotta hit. There's a new level that we gotta train up for. Yeah. Um, so we started I we didn't I don't wanna say we pushed NASCA very hard. Um, because again, it was a little expensive. I'm sorry, it's just how it is. So the travel it was a lot more traveling and there was a lot more expenses going, and then also like having the school, it was hard to like leave as often as uh we wanted to because again we still had the school run yeah uh, but we we did i did go to uh a couple um of like i went to i want to say it was aka and then battle of atlanta and mm. then um again we went, us open was been pretty popular we could try to continuously go to that one i think those are the main ones that we've gone to um at aka though is where I finally like I finally pulled a first place. I finally pulled a first place in my Korean division after like a long time of like trying and trying. I finally pulled a first place. Right. Uh, I made it to the daytime grand championships. Um, but it was it's like combined. You had your traditional, but you had some creative and open in that in itself as well. And like that's for me, that's always hard to judge because it's, it's just two different things. Yeah, it's um, a lot going on there. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, <laughs> I unfortunately didn't make the stage, but it was still cool. To, like, I still pulled a first place. I finally uh, pulled a first place. And it was actually at that tournament where I made Team Revolution. Oh, wow. Yeah. Tournament. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I actually had uh, interviewed previously uh, Kalen Kowalski. And, uh, of team uh revolution so uh you know shout outs to uh kaylin kowalski you know uh an alum you know guest at uh the kim huang podcast experience uh kaylin you know again you know we much love and respect to you girl you are going to change the world you know don't let anybody else tell you any different a woman is just as good a woman is just as good as a man if anything she's probably two times better maybe 10 times better maybe 50 times better, but you know what? It's on you to actually make that history happen. So, hey. you know, so, you know, shout outs to Kaylin. We, 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 we love her. She's great. Um, mm -hmm. Sweet young lady. And I wish her the best. Mm -hmm. um, how, how now speaking of uh, team revolution, how, how did that come about? Did they seek you? Did you seek them? What was, what was the skinny on that? So I knew Canel, um, who's, in charge of revolution and you can back from nbl mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how we started talking or conversing. I think coming up, maybe he was a judge of mine or again at the super grants, I would actually help judge there. So I, I became friends with a lot of the other black belt judges and I became friends with him. So I know we became close there, um, through NBL. Mm-hmm. And then I think him seeing that I was going to NASCA, he would check in every once in a while, like, how are you doing? How did it go? What are you doing? What are your goals? Right. Because obviously, like, we're going to pick someone up if you're just kind of like lolly dollying, like, this is my only tournament. That's it. Like, no, no, no. That's not how it works. Right. So I told him, like, he can't, we met up or something at that that morning. Um, or I ran into him like, oh yeah, I'm here. I'm competing. I'm doing this and doing that. He's like, that's awesome. Make sure, I'll, 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 I'll keep an eye out for you and I'll, I'll chime in with you later. Okay, cool. And literally, and I remember it, I, I had just finished. I had just called my parents and told them like, I, I did it. I got a first place and I just sat down and I was just kind of like in the moment and Canel had come up behind me and he's like, how did you do? He's like, Canel, I got first. He was like, all right, I got you. I'll be back later. It's like, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what that means. But then later on, um, was announced that I had, uh, he had picked me up on the team. Nice. Uh, so just, and it, that's just how the, the, like, they are like, not only say they are, but just how it is like, just kind of keeping in contact, kind of seeing what's going on, following certain people and following where they come from. And again, having like that background of seeing where I was in NBL. And then seeing I was starting to make a name for myself on a new circuit, it was like, okay, I see you. So I was like, yay. <laughs> nice. Nice. Now we're gonna um <clears throat> we're gonna go ahead and backtrack a little bit. I because I saw I saw this picture and I said to myself, I'm going to ask Clarissa about this picture. But oh, I saw yeah. a picture of you actually uh competing in 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 like you know in like the kung fu division wearing like a actual kung fu uniform and the feiyu shoes and i'm like wait a minute no i i've seen her as just like this taekwondo dynamo and she's doing can you please explain to the to the to the masses how that happened and where that happened uh, again wanting to learn and grow and pursue i uh became very uh interested in the wushu division and sifu willie galvan out of is it houston somewhere in houston galveston he's out of galveston mm-hmm. um he at that time we were on team gop chris gallio um and his mom they had their own team gallio's i think oil patch we were a part of that team and sifu willie galvan was a part of that team also and i told my dad like hey i want to learn i want to learn wushu i want to i want to learn that so I started learning with Sifu Willie Gavan and he started teaching me and kind of showing me um, a little bit and uh, got me ready to compete. And I think maybe for a year or two, mm. yeah, I competed uh, on NBL. Uh, at NBL, I remember making it to stage and competing. I, honestly, I don't remember if I won that division or not. I honestly don't remember. But I mean, I competed in it. I can say like I did it. <laughs> That's something else I did. Mm. So, um, stereotype, does that mean that you know how to do, um, the butterfly twist and the kick, kip up and, and, and the, and the butterfly kick, the butterfly kick? Yes. The kip up. Nah, I don't know if I still be able to do it right now. I might break something, but, uh, <laughs> butterfly, <laughs> that, I don't know what will happen <laughs> with that. Something might break or I might get stuck. 
Um, but yeah, at that time, I knew how to do the butterfly kick, kick up. The twist, uh, it did not get to that point as far as the twist, but the kick, yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because stereotypically, when I see, like, you know, people competing in, like, you know, especially if they're, you know, wushu people, like, you know, I'll say Nazca alum Sengal. I mean, you you see dudes like him, but butterfly kicks, like, high, like, up to the heavens. Like, not just... Uh, uh, like a butterfly twist, a double butterfly twist. I'm like, yeah, what, son? That guy was awesome. He's a whole other. Like he flew, like he flies. He's just like, dude, he floated up there with his butterfly twist, and he does it like with ease. Dude, like, I swear, I, I I literally call him the the the, the human uh, helicopter just <laughs> because of the fact like of how high he can get those butterfly kicks, how yeah. like fluid those B twists and double twists are and just able to, you know, do a kip up here and then just manipulate whatever weapon he's using, whether if it's like, you know, the, the, the chain whip or like the double broadswords or something. I'm like, wow, this guy's like literally all planet. <laughs> yeah. It makes it with like with such ease the, some of those weapons are, I feel like are 10 times bigger than them and they just move it with no problem whatsoever. It's like, ha. Huh? That's insane. And to still be able to jump and move with that thing, like, it's amazing. Like, I have all the respect for them. And to make it look so fluid and soft, like, amazing. I'm just going to say this. It it does help when you actually have trained in the motherland. Um, it, ha it also helps when you actually started, like, at a very, very young, seated age. So my respect, again, to Sen Gal for just, like, you know, bro, you're, you're, you're yeah. yes. You respect awesome. you yes. got you got it you you got the trophy there you know i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna <laughs> walk in my corner and watch you from afar you know but you got the trophy so <laughs> we're, we're good we're, we, we are good so i always ask a lot of martial artists uh this question which is uh tradition versus tricking um what are your thoughts as far as what though specifically like, do I like tradition? Do I like tricking? Like, what do I? What, 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 whatever, whatever that you make of it. Like, if you like it, um, you know, if there's any advantages, um, you know, it, it, is it for everybody or is it not for everybody? Um, is tradition more, uh, you know, is it more important than than tricking? Like, what, what are your your thoughts as a martial artist? As okay, as a martial artist, your tradition, your traditional and your basics, your foundation, your fundamentals is always going to be key. Think of it like cake. Like if your cake, your actual like cake in itself as well is no good. It doesn't matter what kind of frosting or decoration or whatever you put on it. Right. If your cake doesn't taste good and it's not good, not cooked through whatever the case is, then it's it's not it's gonna be bad. It's just right. how it is. Right. It's so gonna be flat. Foundation. Yeah, it's just it's yeah. I don't care what you decorate it with, it's gonna be bad i'm sorry yeah. It's, yeah. it's just gonna be something pretty to look at but as far as like anything else i can't do anything with it it's the same thing when it comes to traditional martial arts like wh what do you start off with when you go into a school they don't start you off with like a traditional martial arts school is not going to start you off with any of those kinds of things those are just extra add-ons it's your traditional basics like i said knowing where those uh your martial art comes from knowing the foundation knowing your ins and outs and your basics and how and who and what, knowing how the, the body mechanics and the, how it works. Like if you don't know any of that, then the rest is just 
tricky. It is not martial arts. You it, you can't compare it to the two. Right. It's like having a bow, but not knowing the actual basic strikes. Well, then it just becomes a baton. Yeah. Like it's not, it's not a weapon anymore. So you have to still have, you have to have that foundation first. Then you add in the tricking and the flash, because then it's going to look like an actual martial arts form. Then you can do the actual creative or the open divisions. Um, because you still have your foundation, like the martial arts elements in there, but just the extra pizzazz. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so traditional is always going to be key. That's first thing. And that's how I am with my students. Like you want to learn that? That's cool. Can you show me all these basic things? Can you do all these things? No, then you can't learn that because it's just, it's not going to work. You're just adding more work onto your plate. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Now, um, I may be incorrect by saying this, but I'm going to ask it. Didn't you at, one point actually uh dove into tricking or you never was a tricker at all uh, yeah, yeah yeah um so uh i did gymnastics uh we did gymnastics for a bit to kind of uh get more of the creative um or that the tricking aspect some add some flips uh because yeah it was it was told to us and shown or however and at that time my competition uh ashley ortiz i remember ashley ortiz uh, like she was not her kicks. Like, I, I don't think none of my kicks ever looked like hers. Like they were amazing. So she had her base, she had her foundation, but she had some flips and a little tricking there in, as well, in itself as well. So it's like, if I'm going to compete with that, I have to add in some extra stuff in there also uh, to kind of help bring my form to life, to add to that uh, creativity, mm. to add to that, uh, the, uh, I don't say the tricking, the, uh, hard had to, to work with me to make it harder why can't i think of the actual word to add to kind of like raising the bar yeah 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 raising the raising the bar to the form the difficulty level Lord, yeah. baby. <laughs> there you go <laughs> <laughs> the difficulty just adding all of that to it so i can see like i did everything i could if i still didn't win then i can't say i did not try so the only thing that i had as far as like freaking wise i had an aerial and then I had uh, your round off back tuck. 540? No. What? what? Was it? I did. I was, my combo was like a crescent kick, tornado kick, crescent kick aerial. I was known for like the very circular high kicks that I was doing. And then I added the aerial in that. But as far as the 540, I was never able to do a 540. I was not meant for tricking. <laughs> not because i can't stereotype stereotype every taekwondo person knows how to do a 540 i know well i i was that one that one that one exception that just could not do it could not <laughs> i think i ended up hurting myself trying to do it ma'am um, we, we we will give you we will give you exemption we will give you a pass on that <laughs> we will give you a pass that one person yeah um, but yeah, so that's, I, those are the only like tricks, if you want to say that I did, mm. um, round off back tuck and then the aerial. Right. Mm -hmm. Right on, right on. Because like, I know that, um, you competed in like, you know, traditional forms. I think you did creative forms, I think. And I think you also did, uh, uh, weapons too, because I saw that, you know, um, in most of your pictures, you, um, you worked with commas. Yep. Yeah. Commas yeah. was my main weapon. I actually learned uh, from Mike, Mike Chat, Mike Chatteranda. I learned from him. Okay. Um, with we, a lot of people consider him the father of commas because of what he did back in the day with his commas and everything. So I learned. That's from him. debatable. That's oh deb really? Because oh. like okay, 
mad love for Mike Chat. And I yeah. and, and yes, you know, with his comedy routine and everything, I mean that that was that was great. Like it was mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. But if you looked in the same era as him competition wise, on mm-hmm. the other side of the coin and on the same team, uh team uh Paul Mitchell member John Valera, who also did commas. So, yeah. you know, there 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 yeah. lies the debate there, but I mean, you know. Take it for what it's worth. If you ever, you know, learn from one or the other, you definitely got yourself a a great education. No, I, absolutely. Like that. Yeah, looking at some of the greats, like yeah, he, both of them were. I just, I still look. I'm like, I, I would, I want to be, I want to be like Mike or John, like one day or any, like any of them, like. Uh, so Casey Marks, I think she was one of the standouts as far as like women and weapons. Um, and I still look up to her, even though she did bow, I did commas. It's just the, the, the way she did it and how she was able to stand out. Um, so mad respect for her also in itself as well. Um, but yeah, comma was my weapon. Um, I learned from Mike, um, and I competed with comma. That was my main thing. Commas was my main weapon that I I worked with. Um, I, I did, I dabbled in a little bit of the size, uh, the nunchucks, the fans, but my main focus was commas. Size mm. was my brother. Okay. Okay. Mm. Wow. Well, we were actually talking about great martial arts here for a while. Now we're going to segue into the acting world. Like, you know, like now we're going, you know, somewhere else now. Now, you, uh, when did you actually um, enter the acting world? And was it for the fact that you did acting or was it just that you wanted to be in that world so i actually was introduced to theater in high school Mm -hmm. uh like i said they did uil so uil theater was a thing um and it wasn't until my senior year where i was introduced to it and i was like well this is kind of too late Mm -hmm. great Mm -hmm. um but i was introduced to it and i was like i i don't know why but i want to i want to do more i'm I'm interested i want to do more i want to see how i can do more because I had a theater class and it was a really awesome theater class. We had to, to kind of do our own uh, choreography. We had to do our own scenes. The professor or the teacher at the time was really, really good. And uh, I remember us doing um, It's a Hard Knock Life. Um, and it was all of us girls. And we choreographed that that whole, like, I don't know if you've seen Annie. but they, Yeah, they yeah, did, I've seen Annie. Like, a cleaning. They do a whole scene of them just dancing and doing flips and stuff. So me and my friend and we all of the girls got together and let's choreograph something to this song and i used like i did an aerial i did some splits i did some stuff in there so i was like hey i can kind of use my martial arts with acting this kind of tied in together and it worked so good oh it looks so good i was so proud nice. um, <laughs> and since then um i pursued it in college i worked actually in the theater um i, I wanted to learn as much as i could so i, I worked in the theater Mm-hmm. Uh, the scene shop. So I was building sets, designing sets. I was learning the ins and outs of on in front of the stage, behind the stage. Same thing with the camera. Um, just to just gain more knowledge and see how what I could do and how I could help. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fight choreographer there at this uh, university uh, knew that I did martial arts and was like, "Hey, I want to let's let's I want to see what you can do. Maybe you can help me with some things and just you can learn from me. I can teach you more." Yeah. And um, I, I did. I took some of his stuff, some of his classes, and it helped me be able to choreograph uh, scenes for film and for the stage because they're two different animals. 
Um, so I learned, I worked with a lot of local theaters here in the Valley. Um, and then of course, uh, feature, I moved to San Antonio and I did not stop. I was like, I need to get into the community. I want to grow. Um, yeah. luckily I had some friends who I graduated with, went to San Antonio. So I just went up with them and just kind of like, okay, hey, what are we doing? What's going on? What do you need for me? Right. Um, in the, when I was going to college also, that's where my makeup came into play. I took a makeup class and I was like, this is awesome. I yeah. love this also. Right. <laughs> um, so jack of all trades, dude, like jack of all trades, just learning fire choreography to acting to uh, the the stunts to makeup. So when people like needed something, I was like, well, what exactly do you need? Because I can do all these things. Right. You have a lot that I, I can offer. So what do you need? Right so on. That's how it all started. Nice. Nice. Now let's talk about the two movies that we were, uh, we talked about earlier that, uh, you were, uh, associated with. Yeah. Um, and again, you know, trick of the trade, ladies and gentlemen, when you have notes, it helps. That's all I'm going to say. Yes. Uh, um, obviously, uh, Sherlock Holmes, mayor of the night and, uh, no one to keep me are the two, um, the two films that you're associated with. Um, I I saw that you were actually um, casted on No One to Keep Me as an actress. Um, I saw that on YouTube you were uh, labeled as the um, the fight choreographer. So, um, what project came first? How and how did you uh, you know get involved with it? And then. With the other project, what came, what came second, and and how did you get involved with that? So okay, so uh, I started with a lot of sh like little short films. Um, the bigger things that we kind of did more were the thirty six hour film festivals, mm -hmm. twenty four hour and thirty six hour film festivals. So that's how I kind of uh, started to know more of the community and the people there uh, in San Antonio, and started kind of building my name and kind of getting to know me like, oh, you're Claire, but known more for makeup and choreography. That's what I was known more for. Right. Um, and then again, kind of wanting to be more in the world. There were mixers that we would kind of go to. Um, one of the films, it was a short film that I was on or associated with, um, had a, a mixer of its own kind of promoting that film. Okay. So I went to it and I met a, a director there. Uh, one of my actor friends who was on that film with me introduced me to him. His name is CJ Goodwin. Mm. Introduced me to him and was just like, hey, uh, this, he was like, Claire's good. Like, you gotta, you gotta get her on your film. Like, this is what she can do. And I love him. Uh, Bell Lawrence Bellew is just f a phenomenal actor and just a, a friend and person. Mm -hmm. He was the one that started that journey for me and introduced me to CJ. And CJ is the one that is the director for Eyes of a Roman and the Sherlock film. And right. being uh, on just partnering up and getting with uh, CJ on all of those has been an amazing ride. So Eyes of a, I don't remember Eyes of a Roman came actually during shutdown that's when we started like working and choreographing and meeting was all during like the when everything was closed we had planned all the fight choreography and stuff but we had to do it like outside in a park <laughs> like it was yeah it was crazy but was good because there was a lot of people so it worked out it was fine right there was a lot of people it was a huge um cast huge mm. um 
for an independent film in tech, it was huge. Uh, he did really good in that part as far as like getting people on board with him. But um, that was, we started that, like I said, in like 2020, started filming January, 2021. Okay. That's when that started. We finished like in May. Okay. And then it just, it just premiered. Did it premiere this year? No, last year. Yeah. Uh, like November, December is when it premiered. Okay. I was like trying to think what year, what year are we in? <laughs> <laughs> I'm already lost. I don't know what's going on. Um, yeah. So, it's, so that one was the most recent one. So the other one that was, I guess that was a prop. Well, obviously it must've been a year before. Mm, mm. Yeah. A year before, two years before. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. Eyes of Roman was more recent and now we're working on Sherlock Holmes. So yeah. So, uh, Nona Kimi was prior to that. Okay. Okay. Very cool. So what was like, what was like your role specifically in, in, in that film? Which for, one? for, um, for no one to keep me. I'm honestly trying to remember. Uh, no one to keep me. I want to say, I'm trying to honestly think, what are the notes you have? What You said you're good at notes. What are the notes you have on that? <laughs> I honestly don't remember knowing to keep me. Well, it was like, it was like that, um, that like MMA type movie type of thing. I think if I remember correctly. Oh, sorry. Wake up now. Yes. That one is actually still in the works. Okay. We haven't, um, I just got cast in the role the uh a lot of the base synopsis and everything is done the script is still being worked it's going to be filmed here in the valley um i know the director also very well uh knew him again through the martial arts world he's a photographer and musician too and uh yeah he had this idea and talked to me about it and i was like yeah absolutely i'm down um so yeah duh, click. see old age man <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Let me, let, let me read from what, what I got here on imdb.com. Uh, no One to Keep Me is a faith-based film centered around the life of a local uh, MMA fighter, uh, her faith and family. A horrific murder of an up-and-coming uh, MMA competitor turns the lives of our hero and friends upside down. The fighters enlist the help of a local Christian deputy and a street preacher who happens to be a former fighting champion. The fighters must grapple with the, uh, the death of their close friends and with the plot twist of who actually committed the crime. Then, do they follow the path of vengeance that they uh, desperately want, or do they take the hand of forgiveness of their friend who so adamantly believed in? Each choice has its uh, consequences, and both must be addressed. And according to which, uh, it says that you actually played the role of Linda. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm, oh. I'm really excited about uh, that. Like I, like I said, when we were talking the synopsis and the story and what he wants to do. And mm. he's kind of started uh, like trials as far as like kind of filming scenes with other people just to kind of see where and who and what. And it's like, I, I think that's it's. It's a great idea. I love where it's coming from. I, I feel you on that. And I like what you're trying to do with it. So again, when I, I talked to the directors, like I did this with CG also, like, what is it that you're trying to do? What is the story? What, what's, how, 
like full into this story in this film? Are you in? Like, uh, what are you trying to get out of it? Because if I don't feel like the director's like really like, oh, this is just a film and I just want to do it. Like, no, 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 no. Like, why? What's what? What are you trying to get out of it? What are you trying to tell? Uh, what are you trying to do? Right. Um. So I like to. I'm always. I always have meetings with them beforehand, so I know exactly because I can't do anything if I don't know obviously where they're coming from. So we're all on the same page basically. Um, but yeah, I'm excited about that one also itself as well. So being that you were the flight choreographer uh, for the Sherlock Holmes mirror of the night, um, knowing that that was going to be your, uh, your role, your main role, did you have any um, like thoughts and concerns like going into that, like, you know, being in that position was this uh, your first rodeo in actually being a flight choreographer uh, for a film? Oh, good question. Um, so this was my first time being a fight choreographer for a full length feature film and being for uh, the the different fight uh, scenarios and fight scenes that he wanted. Like they were huge because I was dealing with a lot of people. So it was the first time working with all mass amount of people at, at in a short amount of time or in that little bit of time. Right. Um, so, yes, it was it was huge. Um, it was definitely a challenge, but again, CJ is so good at what he does and I absolutely like respect him, uh, completely, uh, and just trust him in that aspect. As far as like, we met a couple times beforehand. He told me what it is that we wanted. We, he was like, if you need help, this is what we can do. This is how we're going to do this. So nothing was surprised. Like, and again, that's a, um, uh, that's the perfect world as far as like showing we're not going to have any surprises. This is how it's going to go. Blah, 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 blah. But at least he said, like, if this is going to happen, this is what we're going to do. This is yeah. what you can do. This occurs. So yeah. everything was very like, in case this happens, this is what we're going to do and we'll figure it out and we'll just do this and this is how it's going to work. So nothing was just kind of like, all right, Claire, this is what you're going to do. Nice. Have fun. Nice. Like, no, 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 no. So we were very on the same page with everything. I had my brother come in and help me. I was like, I need help. Um, because again, in a perfect world, you'd have the same people who started with you would go into the film with you and film those scenes. Well, that didn't happen. A lot of those people who we I practiced with dropped off. So I had to uh, teach a lot of new people, literally like, literally, that's how it was. Over here, we're filming the scene. Over here, you're teaching these people what they're going to be doing. When we're ready, move them over here. So it's kind of like, ah, ah, okay, <laughs> we'll be okay. As long as everyone's okay, don't hurt yourselves. Um, again, perfect world. You have everyone you start off with, they continue with you and they go into the film scenes. It wasn't the case, but luckily I had a lot of good people work with me and help me. I had my brother there helping me. Um, because I was in that scene also in itself as well. I wasn't just the choreographer, I was one of the the gladiators in it fighting. Okay. So he was teaching people, I was filming, making sure everyone was good. I was making sure like, okay, that's where you want to be. that No, you move over here and then, okay, go. Right. Um, so it was a lot of moving pieces. Um, if I was like stressed or however, CJ would just like, you were good. You're doing fine. Like, it's okay. If you need to take a break, like do it. So it was very like, we're, on, we're in this together kind of thing. This mm. is what's going to happen. I mm. was never on my own. So yes, it was a challenge, but I had a lot of support. CJ was a huge support. I had my brother who was support. Um, and it also, so, um, definitely a challenge, but I, I told CJ, like I would do it again. I think it was, it was so much fun and it was definitely an honor to be able to help him with it because I loved how everything turned out. It was amazing. 
how how often did you guys get a chance to uh you know rehearse with the fight scenes and the fight choreography and how important was um because you know obviously this is the 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 number one word for all uh, uh fight choreographers and stunt coordinators how important was uh safety like was that was that a big issue i was crazy about safety i was crazy like again that's my number one thing no one is going to get hurt on my set because if someone does it's my fault right that's how it goes that is my responsibility so i got after everybody and i told them like you need to have the respect that same respect for your uh opponent you Mm -hmm. are not going to mess around we're not here to play games because something could happen and someone could get hurt and it's going to be my fault right i was very like no (laughs) no no touchy don't yeah, yeah. You had to run that tight ship. Oh yeah, absolutely. So I had a lot of a lot of respect. Um, and thank goodness, and I had told people like I'm not I'm not being a B. I'm just <laughs> this is how I am. Right. Because your safety is important. Right. Uh, and CJ understood it completely. He's like, if someone is messing around, you need to come and talk to me. Right. Or my assistant director, and then they'll come and talk to me. So very good on, on as far as the chain of command. Um. So I was very, that was my number one thing, safety. Um, as far as meeting up, we were really good about meeting up pretty often. I wanted to say, because there was the main fight scene where you had a lot of the people and then you had little fight scenes throughout the film. So we were good about meeting with those people throughout the, um, that, like you said, we started rehearsing a lot of this stuff like in Ju- June, Ju- maybe July, August. And mm. we didn't start filming until January. Mm. so a lot of this rehearsal we were doing we were working i would get on zoom with people if they needed um i was helping like i told them whatever you need i'm here so we met a good amount of times in the park to run all of this stuff weekends we were meeting and on zoom we were meeting to kind of go through all of this to make sure like because again i don't want to go on film day and like we're not prepared. We don't know what we're doing. We don't know the choreography. It's like, oh, absolutely. Luckily, a lot of our principal actors, the people who were in those fight scenes, no one changed. No one left. It was mm-hmm. in that mass fight scene where every, everybody's in it, where I had a lot of people drop out, unfortunately. But luckily, we did it where it was like little fights here and there. And you just like, this person wins. You do the same thing over here. You win. Okay. You the same person. It was just very good puzzle piece that we were able to piece together where you can't tell they're doing the same stuff. Right. Just because we had people kind of winning and losing and moving around. Nice. Nice. uh, It was planned very well um, in that aspect. But uh, planning and everything, it was we were starting in June, July, at least. Oh, wow. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Hmm. Wow. Well, we talked we 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 had a great conversation. Uh, We got to know you a little bit. We got to know um, about, you know, your uh martial arts history and uh you know going through the ranks and, and going through the the motions of it we talked about uh you know you uh entering the acting field and so forth uh real quick because there, there are some uh sub questions i want to ask before we get to what i call the main event as i'm using air quotes the main event so um <laughs> Dude, cosplaying. I see I see a lot of good stuff here going on there. I mean, like, you know, how did you get into the cosplay? Like, seriously, I'm seeing like you actually 
uh, doing a, like an homage to, to to Mortal Kombat. I'm not sure if that was uh, Princess Katana, but like, damn, dude, I'm like, what? How did how'd she get into cosplaying? What's up with that? Give me the skinny. I mean, I got. I don't even know how it even like started with the cosplay. I I want to say actually. So I'm actually partnered with a, a talent agency where they do like um, basically you can hire us to do like parties or events or big, just big events. And like uh, I can perform or if they need certain um, stunts or acts, like I can do certain things depending on what it is that they hire me for. Mm. And the way I got started is um, they had this like a, a talent, um, uh, like a talent show or talent tryout, tryout basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the main thing, but they were asking for uh, martial art actors, air, um, air, air, I can't, air, like aerialists, aerialists, some different things. Well, martial art stuff. I was like, oh, cool. Like, why not? Like, what's, what is it? Why not? Why not try it and see what it is? Like, I don't know. Maybe it's another way into another world. I'm always like, cool. Why not? Right. So I went and I auditioned and I did my fan routine just to like, because that's something that's very, depending on what the event is, it can be very pretty, it can be like, uh, like Wushu incorporating those. Right. Um, it can be pretty, it can be slow, or it can be fast and dynamic, depending on what it is that they want. Right. So I did my fan routine. Um, and then a while later, they called and asked like, hey, are, are you in, they're like, are you into anime? Yeah. Like, why? <laughs> so random but why right <laughs> yeah. right yeah, like, I understand. <laughs> like well we got asked to do um this anime based uh show at the at the zoo the zoo had some kind of anime cosplay kind of thing going on anime festival little thing going on and they wanted performers i was like oh okay cool like what do you want what do you need and they're like well they're we're looking up characters who use fans and there's one um that uh does use the fan so we want you to dress up as her and then do your fan routine to some of the music cool and i get paid for this like i'm down <laughs> absolutely we're <laughs> sign me up right right i think that's how it started as it's like this is cool like i'm dressing up as an anime character and i'm able to use my martial arts kind of tied in with it in itself as well right uh, so like that's so why I say like I'm the martial I, I think the, the cosplayer who does martial arts. That's like my tagline, like the cosplayer who does martial arts. Because I'm one who can actually perform in the costume depending on the costume. Correct. Um, and then so Sub Zero is who I'm dressing up as. It's actually Sub Zero, and the costume is based out of MK11. I think okay. It's 11. Don't quote me on that. I think it is. It's when he has an ice axe. Oh yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. Yes. So I have the axe. So I, I base it around the axe. So I have the Sub-Zero mask. I have the um, gauntlets. I, I created everything else and I put everything together. I put some of the fur on him or on, on my uh, character. And then I have the axe. So I'm like the female Sub-Zero. Mm -hmm. uh, so people have thought I was Frost and I was like, no, Sub-Zero. No, it's you. not Frost. Let's get it right. <laughs> Let's yeah, get I'm this like, right, folks. No, Everybody and their mothers know that was Sub-Zero. <laughs> Yeah, like I'm sub zero. Thank you. Um, but yeah, so I have the axe to kind of base it off of that. So that's the character I'm I'm basing it off of because a friend of mine had an axe and was like, "Well, what if we did it?" So he saw like the the mask and the gauntlets. Was like sub zero, but what if we did it where it was this one? And he showed mm -hmm. me the picture and I was like, "Do it." 
So he's the one that made the axe for me and did it all and did the ice effect and everything. So that's my weapon when I carry around at anime conventions. Um, so yeah, it's, it's again, it goes into like the acting and the makeup and now dressing up as these characters that I, I grew up with and use in martial arts in itself as well. I have other characters that I'm working on that I want to cosplay also, but actually perform in the costume because some anime conventions have like the the performance uh section or part where they have like okay here's the costume contest but we wanted there's a performance part where you get to do a piece or you get to dance some people sing i was like dude imagine i come out and like and do a martial arts form wearing one of the costumes yeah like if it was actually katana and i'm i'm using the fans like, like that's awesome right like, why not so that's how that all like that's how that all started just another thing that i i enjoy doing another hobby pastime that i enjoy doing and it's for fun and i i like doing nice yeah. now this is something that i i now that that i noticed recently and i was like oh my gosh because like you never had it before but ladies and gentlemen my 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 friend is tattooed ah! yes yeah she got a she got a crescent moon on her finger, mm -hmm. um, and if I remember correctly, on your inner forearm, all around it, you have a phoenix. Yeah. Nice. Now I really I'm very interested in the the phoenix story. Like, um, how did you choose, and why did you choose uh, the phoenix, and why did you choose the placement that you did? I I love that you asked me that. Um, so one, a lot of people, or I don't say a lot of people, I'm not like, oh my God, but um, some people who come up to me and it, one, the tattoo artist, her name is Nina out of Nostalgic Inc. in San Antonio. She did an amazing job on on this. Like It's on point. Like it looks very beautiful. It's gorgeous. She did an amazing job. It hurt like you wouldn't believe, but um, she did an amazing job and it's, something that I had been wanting and I told her kind of like why and what, because actually, so the, the Phoenix is on the outer part of the arm on the inside. You can't really tell, but right down, it's about this long is a scar. Yeah. I remember actually seeing that at one point, but I, I didn't know the story behind that. Yeah. So this actually, so back in 2019, um, a really rough year for me, um, it ended in November with me getting into a car accident. Um, Ooh. and I broke my arm, uh, yeah, broke my arm, my wrist and everything was it was a it was a mess. It was mm. a mess. I recommend don't do it. Don't car accidents are not fine. It was bad. right. Right. Yeah, it was really, really bad. Uh, my car was total. My arm was broken. My knee was messed up. It was bad. Um, but yeah, so I got um, this scar on the inner part of my arm to kind of like remind me some of the stuff that I went through that year to kind of like uh, like life gives you scars. That's yeah. just how it is, whether you see them or you don't. That's just how it goes. Life gives you scars. Right. Uh, the doctor did tell me, like, I don't know if you're going to be able to use this hand the same way that you've been using just because of the damage, the internal damage that happened into your wrist. Like the and nerve like, damage? Yeah, the nerve damage. Because this, uh, God, I don't remember. I went to a medical high school. My teachers would be so mad at me. But this it bone basically popped out, uh, popped out. Everything was a mess in here, internally in the wrist. Um, and I mean, still to this day, I can feel, so I have a plate and seven screws in there now. Ooh. I can feel it. Uh, when I clench my fist, I can feel that this is, it's weird. Mm. Uh, but the doc said like, I, I don't know. I don't know how you're going to heal. It's not, it's not guaranteed. It's all up to you. I was like, well, 
Okay. I take that as a challenge. Um, and now, now I, I'm good. I'm fine. Everything is good. It's healed. I'm okay. I mean, every once in a while, I'll feel like pain. I'll feel like, ah, like that hurt. So right. it's not like it's completely healed. Nothing ever heals back to the way it is once something like that happens. Right. But, um, yeah. So that happened. And the Phoenix, I had actually I had always been um, fascinated by the Phoenix because of the whole, um, uh, what it stands for, the, the what it just basically stands rebirth. Yeah. Rising from the ashes. Right. Being right. Rebirth, uh, reborn, rebirth, rising from the ashes. So I took it as like, I'm rising from these, that difficult time that I went through and I'm using it to basically rebirth myself and kind of grow into someone new because that's what happens in a lot of our, our hardships. We just grow into a new person right? Um, after all of those things that have happened. So that's why I put the Phoenix there to kind of remind me, yeah, life gave me a scar, but I put a scar on the other side of it to remind me like, yeah, I went through this, but this is what I've been reborn into. And this is who I am now. And rebirth is just a continuous thing that we go through, through life. Um, it's an, it's like a journey. It's a never ending process, a never ending learning process that we go through. And we're continuously being reborn into a new person. The, st uh, the growth stages that we go through is, is continuous. So that's why I got the Phoenix here on the side, because it just represents that stage in my life that I went through. And it just reminds me like, you're still going through stages. You're going to continue to go through stages. You're being reborn into a new person. Use what you went through and use it to be grown into a, a new and better person. Kind of reminds me a little bit about um the the Papa Roach uh, song "Scars," where that verse goes, and the scars remind us that the past is real. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. so yeah, you know the, you know, in your case, the 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 past is real. You lived it, but you mm -hmm. lived to tell the tale, and now you're a better and stronger person for that. Right. So, um, is there any chance that you're going to build up more? towards that arm or is it just going to be the phoenix or what's, uh, what's what is i mean because you still got a lot of prime oh, real estate oh yes i do there's lots of ideas honey oh lots of ideas that i want to do it's just one money because tattoos are not cheap unless yes ma'am that's, that's like a sponsor that i'm totally down um but i eventually and it's been um a thing that a lot of our black belts from our school and even my dad and my brother have it have gone have come back and gone uh once they're of age have gotten a tiger tattoo on them. Oh wow! They're different tattoos, but they're all tigers. And a lot of the black belts come back and like, look, sensei, look, sensei, look, sensei. And I'm like, you all got tigers, and I'm like, well, dang it, I gotta have a tiger because my brother has a tiger and my dad has a tiger. Oh wow! So I actually want to do a tiger here on my uh shoulder, uh still kind of the flame like the watercolor. Um, but I actually want to do like a flame kind of tiger, mm -hmm. uh, but it actually kind of ties into like my huge love and respect for, I don't know if you've seen, um, uh, uh, the, oh God, why can't I think of it? Uh, R yeah. Rengoku, the anime. Yeah. Uh, character Rengoku. Yeah. Um, why can't I think of the actual anime in itself? Demon, demon hunter. Demon Hunter. That's right. That's right. Demon Slayer. Demon Slayer. Oh, Demon. Okay. Yeah. Demon Slayer. Okay. So that anime. Yeah. Super good anime. Boom. That movie that came out um, with the actual Hashira and Rengoku. Like, I was mind blown. It's <laughs> like, that's amazing. Um, So that quote that he says, set your heart ablaze. That's one of the quotes that I, I like, one of my things that I, I have on my board. Um, Because that whole thing that he said and he did, I was like, I, I felt 
felt that man felt that enemies you know are, are very powerful sometimes you oh, know it is it's it's great like, it teaches us a a powerful lesson it's great to look at um i'm a i do like some animes you know i'm still you know even at my age i i still like to watch an anime and and, and have fun and just you know and, and just like enjoy you know the presentation so oh yes some of them are really deep it is um one of the first ones i saw was avatar the last airbender like on nickelodeon yep i was like this is not a kid's show this is like hitting me deep yeah it's it's real all in the feels all in the feels so many life lessons in here (laughs) wow (laughs) uh, good i can't um, but yeah, so I want to get, a, I want to get, obviously I want to get more, but I want to get a, a, a tiger on my shoulder. That's more of the flame base uh, and actually just kind of represent like team tiger. That's my school. That's who I am. Right. Um, and that's where we came from. Like that's our, my, me and my brother's school. So I want to get a tiger on, on my shoulder. For sure. Eventually. Eventually. <laughs> eventually. Uh, eventually. Right on. Right we'll on. <laughs> so, so two two more quick questions or two more things. One bit of question, and the other one is more like a you know before the main event. Uh, what uh, for those that because um, I'm curious, <clears throat> what is what is your cultural background? Uh, like as far as like I'm I'm Hispanic. I mean I'm from the valley. Like what do you mean? Like where <laughs> what? Well, I'm I, from the valley. The valley, and it's not just saying I'm from the valley. She already be like, oh, okay, <laughs> I, I got you. <laughs> because the stereotype for you know, if, if you're a Latina from Texas, uh, most likely uh, she's she's coming from a Mexican cultural background. So is that you, or are you actually not of the Mexican descent? Yeah, yeah, no, definitely uh, Mexican descent. Um, actually, and it's it's funny you bring that up. Uh, so yes. Mexican descent. Uh, right. You look at my my mom and dad and my brother, um, and they have like the the they look like they have the the like black darker hair, a little bit darker in tone and skin. And you look at me, I right. got brown hair and I'm white. Right, so right, I, right. I always mess with them. I'm like, am I adopted? Like, <laughs> you can just tell me flat out. Like, I will. That's totally fine. Cause look at me, and they're like, no, you're not. Stop. I'm like, okay, well then, explain. Um, my grand, I get it from my grandfather, my grandfather and his family are from Spain. Mm. So they have a lot. And you look at him too. He's a lot like, uh, and my aunt lighter complected brown hair. Some of them had color eyes. I didn't get colored eyes, but fine. Mm. Uh, but yeah, so that's, I get the lighter tone and everything from my grandfather's side. Um, as far as like from being from Spain. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then my grandma and everyone else, uh, the, my that side is from Monterrey in Mexico, and that's where they're from. Gotcha. Um, so that's where I'm. I look wet. They call me the wet on the family, which is the white, <laughs> the white girl in the family. I'm like, well, thanks. Wow, it. thanks a lot for that uh, classification. Appreciate it. Yeah. Yes, and like that's okay, fine, whatever, <laughs> whatever. And, and um, uh, obviously, um, you know, you you are married, hence the the the, the name uh, last name uh, De Hoyas. Um, mm-hmm. You, um, your husband is, um, also training in the martial arts, mm-hmm. um, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how, you know, how, you know, do, how does that make you feel? Does that make you happy? Is it great that you are actually witnessing his journey? Um, mm-hmm. how do you feel about that? Um, 
he's the one that actually got me back into it and started up my training and competing again. Cause for a while there, I had kind of lost like that little fire. I had lost that like urge to go and compete and, and do, um, and train. I was really just helping out my students and I was just looking to just, um, I want to continue to belt up. I still want to learn, but I'm not really focusing on competing. Right. Um, and he comes into the picture and, uh yeah, he, he's like, I, I want to eventually I want to start learning because he said and he has he has little pictures and everything. It's so cute. Um, and he was like eight or nine. He was learning when he was younger. Um, I, I don't remember the actual style. It was still a Japanese style, but it wasn't Goju. Um, like Shotokan. It might have been. It might have been Shotokan. It was somewhere there in San Antonio. The school doesn't even it's not there anymore. All that stuff doesn't it's not there anymore. But mm. he was like, it was Japanese based. Some of that stuff looks familiar. I just don't remember. So that's fine. Like, if you if you, again, if you have the will to learn and you want to learn and want to grow, then I will help you. Right. But just understand, like, I'm becoming your sensei. OK, so there's got to be two. <laughs> A line, I'm not your wife anymore. I'm your sensei. Understand that. Okay? Right, right, right. So right. when you're training, you're no longer my husband. You are my student. So if I beat you, this is how it goes. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> if I whack you. Um, but no, he's he's uh super eager to learn. He's really, really good. Um, not just because I've taught him, but he's a natural at it. He's actually a natural. Um, at a lot of the stuff and understanding and it just it just makes sense for him it's very easy and it flows for him right Uh, but he has that eagerness to learn and to grow and get better he's always asking me questions like what about this and that i'm like i'm like i don't even know what that is i don't know what you're doing (laughs) i don't i don't even know good grief maybe you can you can probably teach me something (laughs) Uh, but honestly him wanting to learn and belt and uh just want to grow has giving me that fire back so if it wasn't for him i wouldn't be competing as much anymore and now wow. I've, i have a whole new we have a whole new focus for this year we're working with the, the the kids here at the school and building our competition team and we're doing this and that and yeah like he's really pushed that um for him and he's pushing me to to get better too so it's it's honestly been a, a huge inspiration to see him grow and inspiring to see what he's wanting to do and now i'm looking to like okay i I guess I got to, I got to go and do it. <laughs> I got to go and compete again. I got to make it happen. Yeah. Nice. He, he asked me like, like, why aren't you competing? Why aren't, why aren't you doing anything? I was like, I don't know. So, well, shouldn't you, shouldn't you, shouldn't you? Like, I guess, <laughs> I guess. So. Like that was it. Like that was the conversation. I was like, I guess I, I guess I should. Okay. I'll go. Oh man. Well, that's awesome that he's, uh, you know, that he's training and obviously, you know, he's coming from, you know, good stock. So that, that, that is, that is mad. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this is the part of the show where uh, we have reached the main event of our uh, podcast episode. Uh, Cla- Clarissa De Hoyos is now going to engage in what I like to call the rapid fire less. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, the, the world famous Kim Huang podcast experience rapid fire. And let me explain for those that may not understand it, or, you know, if you need a refresher course, cause it's been a while, I'm going to ask Clarissa a whole bunch of questions and it could be random. It could be true, false. It could be multiple choice. It could be fill in the blank. It could be whatever, but whatever questions I will ask her, 
um, you know, now, now she's, she's under the microscope. So example, if I ask her a question, like, you know, um, between Coke and Pepsi, what is the better, uh, beverage? She could just say, dude, it's, 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 it's Pepsi. You know, I'm the kid of the eighties. You know, it's the choice of a new generation. You know, if I could, I could ask her like, you know, um, true or false. I am a fan of the Dallas Cowboys and she'd be like false dude. 49ers all day, every day. What? Or if I ask her to fill in the blank, like, you know, it, the, the first thing I like to do when I get out of bed is, and she could say something like, uh, go to the kitchen and get a cup of coffee. <laughs> you know, I love, it. I love it. Yes. So Clarissa sensei, are you ready to take on the rapid fire challenge? I don't know, but I guess I don't have a choice. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> oh boy, ladies and gentlemen, you have been warned. This is <laughs> this 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 could get dicey. We don't know. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. All right, here we go. Here are the following questions. Of the primary colors between yellow, blue, and red, my favorite color is red. Okay, cool, cool. Um what what is the um your most favorite place that you ever visited uh stateside? I mean growing up it was San Antonio. I know I lived there. <laughs> so it's like San Antonio. <laughs> All right. I mean, I'll take I'll take that if that's the answer you want to you want to put down. I mean, I'm yeah. I'm okay with it. I thought you were going to say Orlando, Florida, because like you know when you actually went to the U.S. Open. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I mean, the perk of it was Disney. So I mean, that's Disney fair. Was fun too. So I mean, yeah, that's fair. No, that's yeah. fair. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> okay. Um, if if I could have uh. A favorite car of my choice. My my car choice would be. I mean, the what I drive right now, my red Jeep, but my red Jeep being spruced up, you know, like looking like a, a beast. Oh, That's what mm, I want. So okay. I have the red Jeep already, but we need to spruce it up. Ah, tr true or false? Uh, Clarissa can drive a stick shift. False. What? <laughs> oh, oh man i was oh. like mm. wow wow okay okay no judging, well, no, judging. Uh, no i am not judging me i'm not at all but i'm just like i'm, I'm surprised because a lot of you know of our generation knows how to do that so um you know but i have a conf i have a confession I, I don't know how to drive a stick either but you know <laughs> But but if it's on a PlayStation game, I would definitely know how to make the oh, R two the R one work. So there it is. I'm cheating. Yes, yes, that is cheating. Um, favorite game console? Nintendo sixty four. Ooh, all right. I, I I was a Goldeneye guy. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah. Mario yeah. Kart. Mario Kart man. <laughs> that you know that's what I'm playing right now. on My Nintendo uh, Switch. I I have Mario Kart eight deluxe. So I love it. That that's 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 my thing. That's my jam, you know. And and open fact: if I ever meet you in person, I will have my Nintendo Switch on me. We will have to go throw down on Mario Kart Eight Deluxe. That that's already a given. That is done. A given. Done. <laughs> um, 
Favorite cuisine? God. Like my favorite, like go-to cheat meal. Let's just do that. Is pizza. I could live off of pizza. I'm okay. Pizza okay. Okay. My my favorites are uh, sushi and Korean barbecue. Okay. Good so, stuff. Yes. Um. Let's see. You said that you're an iPhone girl, so that's awesome. Uh, okay. what is your uh favorite uh music streaming service to use? Oh man, uh, I mean, if I'm not listening to my own music on my phone, I'm probably using Spotify. Okay. Yeah. If you if you were actually hitting on Spotify right now, what were the last five music acts that you listened to? Like five, like five uh, uh, bands like, or music acts or whatever. Bands. Oh, God. Um, so I actually support a lot of local, a couple local artists or people there in San Antonio. So I have a friend. His name is Roger Trevino. He has his own band. Um, and it's some really good music uh, to either just chill or work out to. So I, I'm pretty sure some of his stuff is going to be on there uh, also. So it's uh, called Cheat the Elements. Uh, but probably his stuff is going to be on there. So I, I like to support local stuff. And oh, Nice. Nice. Mm -hmm. um, if there was anywhere in the world that you wanted to travel, um, let's say three places, where would you like to travel? And yes, it can be international. I was going to say on New Zealand. Uh, I would want to go, even though I've been there, I want to go back to Ireland um, and uh, Tokyo, Japan. Nice. Nice. What is your favorite um, piece of advice that you were given that you still follow this to this day? Um, knowledge is power. Okay. Okay. This one you're going to hate me for. So here we go. Oh, um, <laughs> Taekwondo or Gojiru? What, which one has your heart? That's <laughs> rude that's rude why would you do that such a thing i i love you you're my friend i love you Heart. i i mean i have to say taekwondo because taekwondo is the one that started it all it mm. has to be taekwondo this is how it is i have to give my respect and my love to taekwondo because it started me off um and it gave me the base and foundation for whether i like it or not or don't realize it for goju ah but we still got to give love to Goju because, you know, again, that's another martial art that you're 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 learning and you're, you know, seeking the path and you're 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 enjoying the journey. So we got to give we got to give love to Goju. So that's an equally passionate. Yes, absolutely. Um, you are a woman that does commas. Name uh, a couple of martial artists, not Mike Chat, that you have seen competed with commas that have impressed you. Alex Matias. Oh, okay. You want to know why? You want to know why? Why? I started his comma journey. No. Yes, I started his comma journey. I started a lot of his basics and fundamentals, and I started teaching him commas when he was a wee, 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 wee little, little lad. See, I thought that you were going to say, like, you know, people like, let's see, um, famous uh comma people like you know the austin cranes from from paul mitchell 
I thought that you were going to say something like uh, Mark Cannon is auto, you know, you know, you yeah, know, Mark Cannon is auto. Yeah. He, like, well, yeah, yeah. He's, I feel like he's old, not saying he's old, but like old school. Yeah, no, for sure. But I mean, you okay, did so mention general. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, still, like, I have to, I have to give love and respect to Alex because of what he's been able to do with them. Like I said, I taught him basics and foundation. That was it. Um, but what he's been able to grow into and do and produce, and he's been able to produce other uh, little comma warriors, if you want to say, like all mm-hmm. the props and love to him also, and just the person who he is also in himself as well. So all the respect, respect and love to to Alex. Um, but yeah, him, what he's been able to do the commas, because I taught him commas also. <laughs> but um, but yeah, Alex uh, for sure. I mean, there's some. God, even his little one, the Demi, who she's feel like she's only 10, but I'm pretty sure she's older. She's a little girl who does this insane comma routine that I'm like, I I'm glad she's not in was never in any of my divisions because no, Mm. like 10 or 11. Like Mm. it's ridiculous what these people are doing nowadays with with that. Well, I got to give respect to Alex because, you know, he is a real triple threat. Like the fact that he competes, you know, in like you know forms especially like you know extreme forms and stuff like that uh you know weapons and mm-hmm. you know also doing sparring you know mm-hmm. i i i swear like i haven't seen many triple threats out there like that actively i mean the only one that comes into my mind would be uh you know at the time casey marks but casey marks nash who um, way back in the day also did compete in sparring as well um little history lesson so yeah. so yeah you know so props to props to um alex for really doing that you know and really doing it for um you know for for team paul mitchell i mean you know he's a real big uh mover and shaker in the game so yeah gotta give him, gotta give him love and gotta give him credit mm-hmm. um if there's one trick that you wanted to learn in tricking what trick did you wanted to uh learn and execute mm, probably the butterfly twist okay Okay, yeah. just to complement the the wushu aspect uh, in that mm-hmm. moment in time. Yeah, no, I, I, absolutely. It was the next step from the butterfly, and then there was obviously the butterfly twist. But that one's just like it never clicked. <laughs> never clicked. I, I think that there before we, you know, before you retire in the martial arts, you're going to go and revisit that. I think I think that's going to happen. Ooh, that you'll fine. you'll yeah that you'll you know you'll just have like a couple of crash pads on the gymnastic floor and you're going to work on, you know, butterfly twist and until you land one and then you can just say, all right, I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm done. Well, there's gotta got to be, there better be some mats or something. Cause I'm not, I'm going to break. <laughs> I don't <sighs> need that. We need mats or I need that. Like, uh, the cube pool or the pool of all the little, like the cubes in there. Like that's what we're going at. That's what's going to happen. Nice. Um, favorite actor. Ugh, did you do this to me? Oh my god! <laughs> There's so many. You can name more than one if you like. I mean, you have Hugh Jackman, Johnny Depp. You have, um, I mean, like, uh. Now, now I've gone blank now that I was thinking of so many and they all left me now. Uh, but even some of the ones like Adam, Adam Driver, 
this character also he was in uh Dahmer. He did the Je- Jeffrey Dahmer series. Okay. Um, totally forgot his name. Terrible. Um, I love that Brendan Fraser's made a comeback. I love him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Encino Man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just I. I mean, I have all the stuff that he did, and now he's done uh Bill Man. Like it's just amazing. Um, uh, those are the ones that come off the top of my head. Mm. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> Uh, uh last movie that you saw last movie that i saw was junior oh with arnold arnold yes, <laughs> yes. We're, we're huge arnold fans and my hu- husband's huge his favorite movie is Term- terminator 2 mm. um so we were going through uh just tr- arnold films and he was like have you seen this one and i was like and it was junior I was like, i've never seen junior and he was like oh, sit down it's like okay mm. yes yeah. nice Mm-hmm. Now we already know that you you like football, but name another sport that uh you like that you would watch. In person or on TV? It doesn't matter. Uh basketball, but it would have to be in person. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm not mad at that. I mean, I like I like going to uh I like watching basketball games on TV, but nothing beats it when you're actually in person watching it live. So I definitely understand where you're coming from. Yeah. Um, let's see. Ooh, let me think of a couple of more good ones. Cause like, I feel like I can, tr- I feel like I could really just like stump you somehow, or just like, you'll just be like, <gasps> really, really? That's rude. Let's see. Okay. Let me think. Oh, oh here we go. Um, when it comes to martial arts uniforms, your favorite martial art company that you like to buy the uniform from is blank. Well, when it's Japanese uniforms, it's going to be Arawasa. That's the main one I use. Really? I thought, I thought that you were more of a Takedo or a Shiraido woman. I have a Shiraido gi. Um, I love it, but for like competitions, the look, the feel, I I love the Atawasa one, the Atawasa geese. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, between a black ghee and a white ghee, your favorite color to wear for wearing that ghee would be blank. I mean, I, my Taekwondo, a lot of it was. Comp- I mean, competition, all that stuff was black, not competition, but the open circuit was black geese. Um, so when it came to just Jap and traditional, it was just Japanese geese. It was just all white. Black. Okay. Black. black. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. Here's a good one. Favorite martial arts movie of all time. Oh, my. It Man. Oh, whoa. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. I got you. There you go. Boom, 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 boom. No, I'm, I'm all right with that. I'm all I was right. better with that one. <laughs> no, you, you were so quick with that. You were so quick with that. Um, if you can go anywhere out of state for 24 hours and then come back, where would you go? Just 24 hours. Just 24 hours. We're doing the Anthony Bourdain thing here. I don't want to spend long. Ah. I was gonna say Tokyo, but I feel like there's just so much to do there that you would need more than 24 hours. But I think that you could get a whole lot in 24 hours there at Tokyo. Mm. 
So okay. Either, but I would probably probably say Tokyo. Okay. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. Um, let's see. Is the is your glass half full or is it half empty? Hmm. I guess you could look at that in different ways. I was gonna say half empty. Um, and the main reason was it's because I gotta leave some room for more stuff to come in. Okay. So I guess there's different ways to look at it that in that sense. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna paint you a a, a picture here with this question. Okay. It's the U.S. Opens, and you are in the uh, Grand Championship. Which female competitors would you like to go up against uh, to to prove that you can be the uh, champion? It can be it it could be somebody it could be any woman that's uh, active right now in the NASCAR roster. It could be somebody from back in the day. Oh my goodness! Okay, restate the question. You see, I'm putting my hair up because I'm stressing now. Um, restate <laughs> the question. <laughs> the question is: you you are at the U.S. Opens and you are now competing in Grand Championship. Um, which of the following uh, martial arts women competitors that do forms would you like to compete with? And it could be somebody from the active roster right now. It could be women that competed in NASCA back in the day. Well, one that definitely comes to mind because, again, you want uh, my big, not that's a big thing, but one thing I like to say, it, it sounds bad, but it's not bad, but my, uh, your, I keep going until your idols become your rivals. Mm -hmm. uh, so Casey uh, Nash uh, definitely would be one because I did get a, a chance. Sorry, I'm side topping here, side going off topic, but I did get get to compete against her once and i lost to her it's like and i guess she's good but right. now i think i think i think we have a better chance now so definitely <laughs> yeah we have a better chance um gotta think positive here so definitely casey nash um uh, she's the main one that comes to mind as far as like Someone, as far as like someone who I really looked up to in the, uh, uh, I mean, Dalian, Daniela Barrientos is another one. We competed against a lot, though, in the NBL circuit. Um, so definitely, I think, putting her there also. Um, God, there's just, I mean, if you look at some of the, the girls, even on my team, I mean, you have some huge people. Like, you have Kaylin, you have Lainey, you have Amber, who are in, in that also. Um, I mean, yeah, anyone from my team, I definitely would love to compete against on that stage. And then those two that I mentioned. Okay. Okay. Uh, let me just name a, a couple of more just to kind of add into the mix. And I, I want your opinions on whether or not that you would make a run against them or you're like, maybe not as much. Uh, mm -hmm. the first person that I think of, um, and I'm cheating here, ladies and gentlemen. So sue me. Uh, ah. The newly appointed member of uh, Team Paul Mitchell, Gabrielle Dunn Rudolph. Okay, so now are, are, she does traditional, right? She does traditional. Yeah, she does traditional now, I think. But she uh, used to not do traditional, but she would be a person that would qualify to, uh, you know, compete in the grands of the U.S. Open. Mm hmm. Hmm. 
Yeah, I think I competed against her. I'm not even thinking I, I recognize the name. I competed against her once um, in Korean, actually. I think it, no, it wasn't right. last year, the year before at NAS, at the US Open. Okay. And she won that division. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't, not that I don't have any respect or don't consider her, but I'm thinking of like people who I looked up to and or grew up with or uh, I idolize or like idolize as far as like I saw as idols. Um, so I guess I don't know her much or haven't seen much of her. So I can't say yes or no. If that's mm -hmm. fair. Yeah, I that's fair. Know, uh, much. And I'm doing more of a Japanese kind of standpoint. So you kind of see where I'm coming from. Mm -hmm. So I saw her Korean. I would like to see probably her Japanese. Okay. Okay. If that's, that's fair. That's fair. Like if that's fair. <laughs> the another another a few names that I could mention um are also of Paul Mitchell. Um one would be um obviously everybody knows her, but uh Caitlin Deschell. Does she do Japanese? I know who she is. Like absolutely I know who she is, but she does she do Japanese? Does she do Japanese? I think she well, she started doing Japanese, but then she just kind of competed and did her own thing with open forms that was like uh tricking influenced. Yeah, I know her more for like the sword routine. I think she did like a mean sword routine. Yeah, she 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 sure did a a, a katana um yeah as her weapon, and she was mm -hmm. pretty good with that. Mm -hmm. Got it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she's an. I I guess I'm going off of based off of. I've seen it. Okay, I know. I know. Then yes and no. Um. So she's another one I would have to like. Okay, I, let me see your form. Let me see, and then okay, yes or no. Right. That makes sense. But yeah. I know who she is. Like absolutely. Like if it was my comma routine, and then it's going against her sword, then like okay, yeah, let's go. Let's let's go against each other and see what happens. Right on. I'm going off of what I've seen and what I've creative weapons. Gotcha. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, just a few more questions and uh, we will be on our way, ladies and gentlemen. I'm, I just like the fact that I'm just, I'm grilling this woman. It's great. You know, I'm like, you no, know, the hamburger on the grill type of grilling. I got this. Yeah. Just, just, just like Whataburger. Like, you know, you're, you're welcome. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, if there was a person that was interested in taking martial arts for the first time, what would you give as a piece of advice? Do your research, like do your research thoroughly, not just go in and talk, but like do your background research as far as like looking into reviews, uh, looking into who they are, where they come from. Did they post that on their website where they come from? Right. What style? Can they name their style? Like really thoroughly do your research before just picking a school because this school could have a huge impact on you or your child, whoever it is, and you want it to be a good one. Yeah. <clears throat> now, going into the martial arts, uh, there, here's another question. A person is about to test uh, for their black belt for the very first time. What would you tell him or her, you know, in terms of like giving advice? You've already come this far. You, what? why would you stop you've already gone through that whole journey of all your belts you've gone through all those ups and downs you have literally one more step right what is it that's going to stop you from obtaining that black belt it should be nothing 
because you've already done all the hard work. You've put all the effort. You've done it all. You just got to finish this and that's it. Real quick, just to comment on that, you know, I totally agree with what you're saying. And mm -hmm. I, and, and that's definitely valid. But mm -hmm. there have been people that I know from my experience that either A, you know, never got that far and they stopped or B and or B, I should say, they were literally right there. And all you had to do was go through the door and 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 take that test. And that never happened for them. And in that sense, um, that makes my heart sad because like, you know, like you said, you went through all of this, you know, to reach to that one point and you don't test like mm -hmm. question mark just saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so it, is it because like they failed the exam or is it because they just didn't, they didn't feel like they were ready to go and do it? Well, I wouldn't say that it. they failed the exam because they never took it. So mm -hmm. it's got to be, um, you know, something else, you know, something internal that we may never know, you know. Mm. I mean, shoot, like it could be then it could be with so many other things. They just they just weren't ready. They weren't ready for that test. They weren't ready for that black belt. They weren't ready internally on in their journey to get that. And it's happened before. I see some students who stopped at red belt but then came back years later, uh, went in back into their teaching and they got their black belt. So it's like, they just weren't ready at that time and point, wherever they were in their life, they needed to go do whatever it is or figure out and then came back and did it. Um, and that, and that happens. It's like failing an exam. Like, okay, you failed your exam. Like, are you going to stop? Is that, are you done? Right. It's your fork in the road. That's your fork in the road. You could always quit and give up or you could, you know what? It just wasn't my time. I wasn't meant to pass it right now. I need to go back. I wasn't ready. I need to study. I need to do something else. And that's just another hardship that you went through and were able to get through. And that's just another story that you can tell someone else who's maybe going through that hardship. Like, hey, I failed. I wasn't ready at that time either. Right. But it doesn't mean that it's the end or it's not possible or it's not obtainable. It just means that you, you yourself are just not ready right now. And that is okay. You cannot compare yourself to everyone else's journey. We're all different. It's just how it is. I knew a friend, um, and this is in another thing, um, who had to take an exam and they failed three times. They failed that exam three times. And then on that fourth time, they finally passed it. Mm. And I was like, well, what kept you going? It's like, well, what if I gave it one more time? What if I give it one more shot, one more shot? And if I didn't do it, what I would go back and live that regret of like, I, I didn't try. I, I didn't give it that one more time. And, uh, and that's one thing that I've, kind of uh, I read up and uh, someone quoted that like why don't you just give it one more time give it one more rep give it one more day you never yep. know yep um, so that's what I would kind of maybe say in that aspect like okay you just weren't ready then but maybe you're just later on you will be ready gotcha mm -hmm. um okay interesting question um and I'm gonna I'm gonna phrase it like this uh I, Clarissa De Hoyos, as uh, mind, body, and soul, when I uh, passed and earned my black belt for the very first time, I felt blank. Um, I, I, I don't know. How can you describe that? Um, accomplishment? I mean... Uh, I don't want to say uh, I could 
breathe or a sigh of relief, but just like, like I feel accomplished. Like I could look back, I could say, like, I did it. Like, how do you, how do you explain that, that feeling of just like all that? Cause it took me and my brother eight years to get our black belt. For eight sure. Years. Okay. Respect. It was just like, I, that accomplishment of just realization of we finally did it. Um, I don't want to say weight off of our shoulders. Cause then that sounds, I don't want it to sound negative, but just that kind of like relief or that uh, we can let go of so much stuff. Cause we finally like all that hard work. We are finally just reaping the rewards of it. Right. Black belt. Cause it was a long journey of ups and downs and craziness. Right. It, but it was just finally like accomplishment, honestly. And just, um, not relief but just like that overwhelming just feel of like the final realization that we finally accomplished one of our the biggest goal that only biggest goal that we've had since growing up because this is all this is all we did yeah so finally accomplishing something that we had geared to almost our whole life right since we were young right um it was overwhelming i we cried laughed um like had to sit for a second and just is like i don't know if i can really put it into words like honestly what we felt what i felt it is just amazing to finally receive the black belt and finally accomplish one of our biggest dreams and goals and say that we are black belts i'm a black belt for sure for sure yeah. We got three more questions, and I, and it, it's it's going to be a doozy. It really is. Um, question number one, and I I'm taking this question from a previous uh, uh, podcast that I was recently on, and this was a very good question. It made me really think. Um, as you know, Mount Rushmore is a, a landmark in the Dakotas where that had four presidents. Mm -hmm. Now, if you had your own Mount Rushmore of martial artists. Who are those four people that are going to be on that Mount Rushmore? Your oh. Mount Rushmore. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Okay, so definitely my sensei, Sensei Ramon Veras, is going to be on there. Um, I mean, Don Cabello was the one who brought us in after no one else would, it's Don Cabello. Um, it's four, right? Yes, four. Uh -huh, like it's four, right? So you um, already named two. Um, it's gonna have to also be Wayne Wynn because he's uh, the one who actually like tested us and gave us the black belts and helped us on our journey. Um, gosh, and then my father. Oh, he, he took over when no one else would kind of take us in he took over that role and was helping us at least still try and progress when we didn't have an act an, another instructor very good very mm -hmm. good i like that i like that <laughs> um let's see two more questions i already know one the one i'm saving the best for last but i got to think of this one here i got to think of this one here okay you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go ahead and just ask it in this way. Um, we already know that you are a lady of commas. We already know that you are a lady of uh, a fan work. Um, that being said, if there was 
another martial arts weapon that you would love to learn and try to either be the jack of all trade or master it, um, what would be that next weapon? The sword. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like okay. traditional, like the traditional sword, like like actually being able to use it, wield it, cut things correctly. Like true, I'm talking about like traditional. Like I want to learn all that, that kind right. of sword. Right. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Gotcha. And last but not least, Clarissa De Hoyos actually gets a, uh, a letter in the mail saying you have been invited to dinner and you actually get dressed up and you go to dinner and you find that on that table, there's three available spots. Who would you like to have fill up those available spots? Now, it can be somebody that's uh, you know, alive and well or somebody that's no longer with us. It could be, it could be some, it could be somebody that's, um, you know, very famous, or it could be somebody that's just like a normal, you know, uh, everyday Joe, like you and myself, um, whoever that you want, you have three spots who, who would fill up those spots. Why would you want them to fill up those spots? And what kind of conversation do you think that's going to happen with between the four of you? Oh my God. Oh, Jeez, um, Lord, baby. <laughs> Lo siento. Oh, yeah. Uh, three, three, three. Yes, you already got the first chair, so there's three more available spots. Can't be your husband. Oh, dang it. I was about to say, what about my husband? Okay. <laughs> so, okay, well, sorry, sorry, Joe. You, you, he already said you weren't invited. I was going to tell you. I was going to say you, but okay, sorry. So he, no can, he can probably watch from the corner, but he can't be on that table. I'm sorry. You know, this is your table. Three people, three people, dead or alive, famous or not. Wow. This is huge. Um, if you want me to give you an example, this was this is what I would have on my table. Um, one, I would have Bruce Lee. Um, n- number two, I would have Michael Jordan. Interesting. Yes. And last but not least, I would actually have um what, what was that one person? Uh I would actually have the person who is the founder of uh Century Martial Arts. Really? Yes. Because uh- you know, I like you know how they came up like how'd you come up with that idea? Um, mm-hmm. you know, what was it like, you know, starting a business, you know, then and knowing that it's like one of the more famous and powerful martial arts companies in the, you know, in the industry, you know, not saying the number one uh, powerful martial arts company in the industry, but one of the, you know, definite movers and shakers. So there's, I feel like there's so many. If I were to go into like, it, I mean, I could go like, okay, I could have people from like film and I would choose these three and then martial arts. Like choose these three, and then like even with makeup, I probably like choose these three. Right. I'm like, um, okay, well, just do more more martial arts based. So I I definitely would have Bruce Lee. Like that would be definitely one. I would I would want to uh have also his instructor, Ip Man. Mm. Um, also there as well. Um, shoot, maybe even his son. Wow, that whole family like. Brandon Lee. Yeah, Brandon Lee and uh 
and I think that would be a really interesting conversation because then it would tie in also to the acting in itself as well. I mean, Bruce also with his acting and martial arts and then all, it man, I think that would be a, a really huge and interesting conversation is to kind of deep farther or dig farther down, uh, farther into like what or who or where or why. And it's like, ah, yeah, I think that would be a really, th- that would be my three for like the martial, like if I were to pay for a martial arts, those three. Nice. Nice. Well, I have to say, Clarissa, uh, you did very well. And I think uh, under the circumstances, you, you, you know, you stood your ground, you, um, you know, you handled the pressure with a lot of uh, grace and decorum. And uh, it, you know, it's no wonder why you, you are the person that you are, um, you know, uh, a great person in the martial arts, out of the martial arts. Um, You're definitely doing a lot of things. Uh, for the martial arts community. Um, You're definitely a role model. And all I have to say is, you know, um, you know, number one, uh, respect to you. And number two, you know, I'm glad that, you know, I, I, that I have the chance to know you and to have earned, uh, you know, the, for the, for the sake of saying it earned the title of friendship. So so I I definitely uh, appreciate that. Uh, now, this is the moment where I give my guests um, any chance, an opportunity to say what they want to say, if they want to talk about the stuff that they're doing right now, um, if they want to give uh, a shout out to, to somebody in particular, um, if they want to go ahead and promote their you know, social media, whatever you want to say. So at this point, I'm going to give you the floor and you know you can say whatever it is that you want to say. I can say whatever I want. Oh yes, my yes, without restrictions, without you know, it. you know, you if you want to throw the occasional, uh, you know, profanity word, I mean, let it fly. That's fine. You know, there's I never had any restrictions on that. I just always try to keep it a little bit respectful, just in case you know if the other person doesn't like to use curse words. So absolutely. No, I love it. Well, first, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun uh, getting to know you more and and just talk and chat, being able to, to do this with you. Like this was a lot of fun. Um, as far as what I'm doing, one big thing that I would uh, ask as far as like the support in uh the film that we just put out, uh, which was The Eyes of a Roman, it is available on uh, Tubi. It's available on Prime, um, free on Tubi. Prime is only like, I think maybe a dollar or two to rent. Um, but it would definitely support the local film community in San Antonio and just help us kind of grow and build and then help us get ready for our next film. So just promote it, share it, watch it. It was a lot of fun to do. And I mean, uh, it's a it's a great film. I cried at the end. Okay, it was so what happened. <laughs> it's a great film. I cried. Um, but yeah, support that film. It's Eyes of a Roman, uh, by C.J. Goodwin. Um, yeah. As far as anything else, like hit me up on social media. I'm on Instagram under. Uh, you can follow me under Sensei Claire Bear one three one three. Um, I am on Facebook. Uh, uh, so yeah, hit me up or whatever. However totally fine and um follow what i'm doing i like i said i'm a jack of all trades i do it all from like i said martial arts acting filmmaking you never know when i need other martial artists or other support or other people um to help me with my court uh choreography or coordinating stuff i could always use it um 
And uh, just to kind of be in the know of what's going on, I like to post and share um, in itself as well. Even with my my business too, it's all on there. So yeah, follow me, Facebook. I have a Facebook, Instagram, and um, have a TikTok. I'm in it now. I'm <laughs> on TikTok under Claire Bear. So look me up. I'm on there. Thank you. Real quick, um, talk about uh, your business, uh, what you're doing and, and so forth, just in case if there's anybody that might be interested in, of knowing what you're doing. I know that you're, uh, you're, you're uh, offering some services in the, uh, the, the life insurance game or something. I don't know, but you want to clarify a little bit what's going on there? Yeah, so I, I have my own business. Like, I'm another business. Like I have a, my martial arts school, but I have my own business that I run. Um, I basically am a financial coach. Like financial coach. That's right. I'm a financial coach. I'm just helping people and educating them with their finances and just kind of showing them what they can do and what are some tips and tricks to kind of, you know, get money to work for you and not against you, especially with everything that's going on right now. Money is hard, uh, inflation, cost of living, things are tough and people, you know, sometimes get worried and don't know where to turn. And those are the services I provide. A lot of my services are free. My consultations are free. Um, so if you're looking for just help or advice or where to turn, I am very big into finances right now and just kind of helping and educating people and families on money and finances. There you go. There you go. Is there like a, like an email address or anything like that that they can contact you if they have any more questions or inquiries in that sort? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, my email is Clarissa. So it's C-L-A-R-I-S-S-A dot uh, P-F-S at gmail um, dot com. So they can email me there or reach out. Like I said, I'm big on the social media also in itself as well. So email or social media will do. Okay. Anyway. Now, is this, is it just strictly for... Um, the city of San Antonio, or is it all of all of Texas, or is it more like, you know, is it all over stateside? Where, where do you service at? All over stateside, uh, because we do use zoom. Um, so we, I'm able to service clients all over. I have clients in Tennessee in Chicago and oh my goodness, where else? Uh, all, all over. So it, there's no restrictions or like you have to be in Texas. It doesn't matter. If you want to learn and you want to get more info, cool, I'll help you. See, hear that, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to get your finances right and you want to get back on the, the right track of the game, contact Sensei Clarissa. She got you. She got you. No doubt. Yeah. Also, <laughs> real quick, uh, we want to give a, a quick shout out to Team Revolution, um, a, a great martial arts team. Um, some of the most talented uh, martial artists that are competing in the game. So, you know, much respect to uh, Team Revolution and all their members. Uh, you know, just just keep doing the daggone thing. That's all I can say, you know, just to to be uh, politically correct and so forth. Um, Clarissa, all I got to say, uh, hun, is that it has been an extreme honor and a pleasure to, number one, finally meet you even if it's like virtually and to actually talk to you and to really get to know you it's just that you're not just a face on facebook anymore that i know like i now we've had this conversation and it's been beautiful and to know everything about you um you know it's been beautiful you know you're beautiful it's great you know please keep you know doing what you're doing because you are making a difference and if you ever 
want to come back again and say, you know what, Kim, I, I need to run it back for another episode. You happen. You have the open invite. I will give you a skeleton key. Just go to the back door, open it, and then just say, look, we, we need to do another episode again. We'll, we'll, and, and I will say, okay, cool. We will make it work. I love it. Thank you so much. This is absolutely a pleasure. It was a lot of fun. And then getting to know you also in itself as well. Get even though it was virtual, still awesome. Um, so my pleasure. Thanks for having me on, letting me talk and just go on about randomness. I love it. It was <laughs> great. It was great. I love it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is the portion of our show where I have to go ahead and do uh, the the ending route. You would think after two seasons that your boy got it right. Um, no, <laughs> That's, let's just be real about it. No. So um, here we go in no uh, consequential order and, uh, you know, knock on wood that it's going to actually come out right. So here we here we go. Um, if you want to find your boy, uh, you can definitely do so. I am on Facebook. Just find me under the search box for the Kim Huang podcast experience, and then just go ahead and hit, hit enter and there will be a page there. Um, and you can actually see what's going on. Uh, we really appreciate it. If you follow it, that'd be awesome. Uh, I'm also on Instagram and on Twitter at TKHPC experience all in one word, uh, no, uh, dots or uppercase or anything like that. It's just all lowercase letters and so forth. So follow your boy on Twitter and on Instagram, and I'll make sure that I follow you back. That is a guarantee on the uh, social. Uh, let me see what else is there on the uh, podcasting platform game. We have five folks. We are on uh, anchor. We are on Spotify. We are, are on Apple podcasts. We are on Google podcasts and we are also on Amazon music. So please like us, Go ahead and subscribe to us. Um, if you do have, um, you know, Spotify, uh, do you do your dude a favor and please just like, you know, give us like a really good like you know rating of like maybe five stars or something like that. We definitely appreciate that. If you also have uh, Apple Podcasts, which you know any iPhone owner or you know MacBook Pro owner or even uh, the iPad owners. Yeah, you can help your boy out. Give me five stars, please. And if you can give me a solid written review, that'd be awesome. Because the more reviews that we get of that nature, that'd be amazing. Um, if you want to email me, please do so at TK, or I'm sorry, the Kim Huang Podcast Experience at gmail.com. If you want to be a special guest, uh, a special guest host, or if you have any kind of questions uh, whatsoever. Um, in regards to, you know, what happened and so forth, I will get back to you within 24 hours because I love that type of, uh, you know, communication. That being said, ladies and gentlemen, um, I just want to say thank you for sticking with me on the Kim Huang podcast experience and supporting me uh, for, you know, as long as I've been here. Um, it's because of you guys that I do this thing. I mean, I don't do it for myself. Obviously I do, but, you know, it's more for you guys. And I just want to say that, you know, I appreciate all the love. I appreciate all the support. I appreciate, you know, you guys just uh, getting the word out, you know, and I really think that uh, it's because of this. I'm still here. I'm still, you know, doing it. And I love what I do, you know, no matter if it's, you know, podcasting, whether if it's martial arts or acting, I do it because I love it and I love this and I want to keep going. So, guys, you know, just keep on doing great things, uh, you know. 
stay healthy, stay strong, you know, uh, make the right decisions because it doesn't work if you actually make a wrong decision and you get buried six feet under. That I don't want that. I want to see you guys succeed. I want to see you guys do well. You know, I want you guys to to live life the best way you can and just to, you know, stay positive, man, because the, the world's already negative, uh, negative as it is. Let's just make it better. You know, let's be more positive. Let's be more proactive because at the end of the day, isn't that what we're all living for? You know, just food for thought. So, ladies and gentlemen, for the one time, for the one time, reporting in from the Asian Sensation Studios in the greater Washington, D.C. area, in the Area 51 room, which you will never know what that is, um, I want to thank again my uh, great guest, Clarissa De Hoyos, for just being very awesome in doing what she's doing. And, um, you know, I just want to thank you guys. So, for the one time, for the one time, uh, you know, recording and doing his thing. Uh, this is your boy, Kim Huang, the Asian sensation, saying thank you so much. Arigato. Uh, we will see you again uh, sometime real, real soon, guys. So I promise you more great episodes are coming out. So, guys, much love and respect. I got to get out of the door um, and we will do it again soon. All right, y'all. It has been a blast. It has been my pleasure. We will see you guys again real soon. Deuces. I'm out.